This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. This week on the Mandatory Samson Podcast, the last episode before Christmas, the holiday season, we're talking about a ton of things. We got hypotheticals from a, a Kyle emailed us. We're also going to break down an interview between Julian Assange and Sean Hannity. So much stuff. What else do we get into here, Joey? We get into Santa Claus, Dylan Roof, and even a climate change update. That's right. I think it's a really good one. Stick around. Enjoy it. Very serious. This is the Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. My name, Christopher Flannery. My co-host name, Joseph Noe. Hi, everybody. We also got Matt riding shotgun over here. Hello. Welcome to the show, everyone. We got an interesting one lined up today. A few quick hits off the top, including Syria and climate change. Julian Assange on Hannity's radio show. Ooh. It was a 26-minute interview that I you know, chopped up. We got about 11 minutes of that interview. We're going to go through it. We're going to discuss some of the points that were brought up. Very interesting. And also sort of a role reversal for a very conservative guy like Hannity to be singing the praises of Julian Assange. So it's a very interesting conversation we're going to have there. We also have a fake news update i think unless i cut that out of the rundown and i forgot then we're all, i probably did i think we'll do it next week bad news about santa can i tell you something sure i got mad that you included santa so i included crumpus okay well whatever. i did it crumpus we'll talk about it and we also have a trump administration update coming at the end of the program plus uh-huh. We got an email from Kyle that we'll read it in part in a second, and then we'll get to the uh, you know the 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 gist of that email before we get into the Trump administration updates. It's fun. It's kind of a fun thing. He gave us some hypotheticals that we're going to get into. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, I think we'll enjoy that. Uh, let me say that. Well, first of all, how you doing, Joey? I know you had a rough uh, kind of week. You had some dental issues. Yeah, I have a, f- a few dental issues, but I I I hope to uh, look past them and uh, move on with the podcast. You seem like you're doing all right. I'm okay for now. What'd you have done? Let the Samsonites know what's going on. Uh, I've been a very bad boy. I haven't gotten to the dentist in like five years. Okay. So I'm going to need some work. I need a root canal. I need Ugh. some of my wisdom teeth removed. I need to go see a dentist. Yeah, it's not great. It's you're not actually good. going to see my fiance's dad. He's a dentist. He's taking care of you. Yes, he is. You know, he was mentioning, by the way, that you're trying to get like something pretty serious done the Thursday before the wedding. You're not doing that. Okay, so I won't do it then. Yeah, you're getting it done earlier than that because we can't afford any complications or anything. I just do it after the wedding. Okay, that's fine. That yeah, makes you won't sense. even have to worry about it. All right, that's you great. You want a nice drugged up Joey right at the wedding? No, <laughs> no, I definitely don't. Um, I like drugged up Joey. Let me tell you this. So next week, the 12th, December 30th episode mm-hmm. will be the last. Uh, we're going to do it. I had probably on my rundown, but you're going to be in Nashville, but yeah. I'm going to have you call in. You're going to say hi to everybody. Okay. Um, and then otherwise I'd be doing it by myself, but I think Matt is actually going to be here. So we'll, we'll, me and Matt will, will do the show next, uh, you know, the next episode coming out. Dude, do you want to Google hang time that thing? We'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll make it comfortable. I mean, we have the whole phone set up here. That I could just call you on, but Ooh, we can nice. maybe Skype or we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, January 6th, 
no episode. I'll be getting married the day after, so I'm not going to be uh, paying attention to anything else. And then the 13th of January, another no episode because I will be on my honeymoon and then we'll return on the 20th uh, with a brand new episode. I guess that'll be MSP 111. Well, I'm going to have a lot of things to talk about on that yeah, one. Yeah, save it up. Maybe that could be what your contribution is to that episode. Have stuff that maybe we miss and you could just kind of rapid fire and we'll, we'll go through them. Yes. Sound good? Yes. You have to do that now. Okay, done. All right. Uh, how you doing over there, Matt? Everything good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just sitting here thinking oh, quietly, great. apparently. Yeah, great, great energy. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, you guys want to do this? Yes. Yeah. We got our email from Kyle, like I said, and we're going to get into it later. I'm actually excited about this. This is going to be a little bit of a, you know, I did my normal rundown, but I, you know, I'm feeling a little loose. I think it'll be good. And uh, all right. So this is what Kyle says. He says, Man Samp, I had an idea and I thought it might be interesting to hear your take. Uh, if you feel like this is not a direction you want to go with your show, totally fine. Okay, Kyle. Thank you. All right. I, I know that already. <laughs> he poked a bear now. He <laughs> yeah. poked a bear. So here we go. Yeah. I had some hypotheticals that I thought uh, it would be fun to hear you, Joey, and Matt talk through. And so and then he had some, it's like three hypotheticals. Where we are going to do them before the uh, Trump administration update. He also says, I also wanted to mention something about the Dakota Access Pipeline. I live in Louisville, Kentucky on a small access road in the outskirts of the city. There is a white sheet hanging from a trestle that was spray painted with the words, no Dakota Access. I can't help but think that, that this protest, a used, used bed sheet hanging from a bridge over a thousand miles away, was an integral part of the movement and was most likely the primary cause of the recent win for the protesters. People are funny. Yeah, you know. Look, people are going to do what they want. I don't get the he's white sar- sheet reference. He's, ma- he's making fun of it. You know, he's being sarcastic. They're, like, oh. you know, they, they're not really there. They're just putting up a, a, a sheet miles and miles and miles away. And obviously, it didn't really have anything to do with it. But whatever. People want to show their support. I get it. You're a funny guy, Kyle. Do you want to tease what the uh, hypotheticals are and we just won't mention it? No, or no, 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 no. It's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about them later. And, okay. and they're, they're good. I think they're interesting. They're not even, some of them are not even really political. They're just, you know, interesting ideas that we can kind of expound upon. So I think it's fun. Thanks, man, Sam. Keep on rocking in the free world and keep killing it with your show and on the J Train podcast. Thank you, Kyle. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, you email in a bunch and we, we really appreciate your support, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, I, Kyle. I also got... Let me say this. Uh-huh. I got a, we might as well do this one too. We got, I got a tweet from, I want to make sure, I believe it's Eddie. Like Ed, Ed and Eddie? Huh? It was a cartoon show. Okay. Sh- shut up. Uh, <laughs> I got a tweet from Eddie uh, today and he was like, hey, talk about this in the podcast. He's more conservative. He, he doesn't necessarily agree with everything we say, but he really enjoys getting our perspective, which I always say I really appreciate that. And I, in some ways, appreciate that more than people that are just, yes. Yeah, have know, an open great. mind. Yeah. You look at things a different way sometimes. Eddie sent me an article and the article title is Mississippi Church Men- Member Charged in Vote Trump Arson. So apparently there was a... Um, uh, Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church, which is predominantly uh, black, a black mm-hmm. church, um, was burned down and vandalized on November 1st, a week before the presidential election. Somebody had spray painted the name Trump on the side of the building. And obviously the natural, you know, uh, idea is that, well, there's somebody that's like a hateful person or whatever and is yeah. is is racist and a Trump supporter burning down a black church. It's not a good look. Turns out it was actually one of the members um, of the church. I'm trying to find the guy, Andrew McClinton. He, he was the one that burned down the church and spray painted it. So he, he's gotten caught now. And obviously the idea is that this member burned down its own church. Yeah. Because he was trying obviously to make it seem like it was a, a a Trump supporter or a white supporter or, you know, whatever, which is obviously 
terrible. There's a crazy person. And I think the point that Eddie was trying to make was like, hey, look at this. It's not always just a Trump supporter doing something. But that's a bait and switch. I get it. Right. I get Eddie's point there. But I would also like to say, let's get a tally going on the number of black churches that have been burned down by the parishioner of that church versus, you know, a hate crime or something like that. I mean, I think obviously the uh, the hateful people are blowing out the the tricky people, you know. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that. You got any thoughts on that? I think it's disgusting, but well, yeah, of course, know, that's it on that one. Okay, yeah, Matt, any thoughts? I mean, yeah, it's terrible, but uh, the idea that we have to cover that equally is like that seems just pointless to me because you cover the general trend, you don't cover one incident that's really an outlier. It's, right. ter- it's a terrible thing, but it's an outlier. Yeah, it's an outlier, right? I mean, I think you know, it's I, I get why he's saying it, and yeah, it's something we can discuss. I'm not afraid to like talk about that, but right, but it's not, uh, you know, that is not the norm. That you know, this is a crazy person, and you can't you can't let you can't bury the story because of one thing that goes against right. the general trend, right? And the general trend is people that are burning down black churches or historically black churches are people that are white supremacists or racists or psychos or whatever, and that, that's why they do it. So, And there's a long, yeah. troubled history going back to the yes. civil rights movement. It's a, it's a serious thing. that No doubt about it. And this guy is going to, believe me, get in trouble for this. He's going to yeah. go to jail, and it's, you know, he got caught, so that, that's what happened. It's arson. It's a- <laughs> right. Uh, all right, you ready to get into this thing? Yes. All right, so this is actually, unfortunately, a, a really ni- like nice segue from that story to this story. Dylan Roof, the 22-year-old, has been found guilty of all 33 federal charges he faced, including hate crimes, murder, attempted murder, and obstruction of religion for killing nine people at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston in 2015. A jury comprised of nine white jurors and three black jurors took three hours to come back with the guilty verdict on all 33 charges. He will be sentenced in January to life in prison or death, and he will be representing himself in a move that, you know, legal experts are like this. The odds of him getting sentenced to death go way the fuck up that he's representing himself they shouldn't let that happen he'll also face state charges in january which carry the possibility of death as well why don't you think who shouldn't let what happen i do not believe the state should allow dylan to represent himself he's comp it speaks to competence you know (laughs) oftentimes in things like that well like for example this guy uh, in mississippi that burns down his own church yes to try to make people think that it's a trump supporter or whatever that's a person that is you know the his sanity is questionable so that they're going to go through that process and we'll see what happens the fact that dylan roof is allowed to defend himself shows that it was hate that motivated him, but it's not insanity. He's not crazy, I mean, you know? I mean, I'd argue that anyone goes and kills a bunch of people probably has something a few screws loose. Yeah, that's an interesting conversation, definitely. You know, the to break the social compact, to do something that you know, uh, you know is wrong, a reasonable person, somebody that's not crazy knows that that's wrong. Um, yes, right. The, is it possible to actually commit murder on that scale without it being self-defense or any kind of mitigating circumstances? Don't you have to be a little crazy to begin with? I don't know. You know, that's a that's a broader conversation, but we're talking about a 22-year-old who's tied up in the idea of white supremacy and kind of taking back power against, you know, the, the black majority or whatever he's upset about. Um, what? That's a distorted worldview, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's crazy. It just means he got, uh, and, you know, hooked up with the wrong idea. And to, I guess to it's, a sli- it's a slippery slope if you start calling an ideology a... If you start calling someone crazy based on just an ideology, right? Uh, well, is it well right? And that's the other question. And it's right. a very slippery slope. So yes, he has yeah. the right to defend himself. It's 
a dumb decision on his part because he's gonna die. Sure, but and, but he's got a, apparently got a pretty good history of making dumb decisions. That to that point, right? Religion, all this stuff, and we're actually the Santa Claus stuff that I was gonna bring up later. We're gonna it kind of ties into the idea of like, don't you kind of have to be crazy to believe this? Uh, however, you know, there there's a humanist in some of us. Yes, what he did is beyond evil. And there should be some form of punishment. However, one might be able to argue that allowing him to early terminate is not fair to the family well, of the individuals that were taken by him. Let me say this. I don't know the response from all of the family members of people that were killed. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of them have forgiven him. You know, I mean, they've said that. They go, we don't, you know, like what you did, obviously, but you know, may God have mercy on you and we forgive you, which is really a true test to me of somebody that is, is religious and has that faith. It's only good if in times that are truly terrible, can you maintain that faith and, you know, actually follow the tenets and forgiveness is in my mind, you know, top two, top three of things that Jesus or that religion would put out there. Yes. Um, I'm against, I've talked about it. I'm against the death penalty. I don't think that you, if, you know, murder's so bad, we should be punishing people with the same thing. Cause that doesn't make us better than that. Um, but in that state, that is an option and I don't have a problem with them defending himself. I mean, it's obviously it's crazy to defend yourself, you know, but he can do it. And if they put him to death, they put him to death. Once again, I'm not for that, but that's the, the rule of law there. Can, can we just get a top five of what your favorite teachings of Jesus are? Um, yeah, treat treat others the way you want to be treated. Uh, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house type That's of good. stuff. Um, Give on to Caesar what is Caesar's. Chris actually yeah. grew up in a glass house, so it was more of a practical <laughs> I thing. I did. I was very scared. I grew up in a, uh, a greenhouse. Yeah. Uh, you know, in uh, <laughs> greenhouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, look, Jesus' teachings, I think if you look at just the philosophy of Jesus, which I believe it was Thomas Jefferson that actually wrote a Bible that way, where he took out all references to divinity and, you know, magic or like superpowers walking on water and stuff like that only focused on the actual philosophy. I think it's called the philosophy of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth or something like that. You could Google it, Matt, but um, yeah, if you just take Jesus's teachings where he was, he wanted to be amongst the, the, the quote worst and poorest in society. Mm -hmm. He wanted to, to be that he, he threw over the, the, the money tables at the, at the, you know, don't exchange money in my father's house or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus was a, Socialist a, a socialist, right? A guy that was for wealth redistribution. He was not a guy that he was always a guy that was on the side of the people as opposed to power. And uh, yeah, forgiveness was a huge part, and love that was Jesus's message. So follow that instead of uh, the dictates of people that uh, you know run churches and stuff like that. But but let me say yes. this: the Mother Emanuel AME people, they seem to be doing it. If you're going to believe in the religion, they're they're taking it to heart and they're they're actually listening to the message. So I have a question for you. Sure. We're going to take uh, Nikki Haley and what she said. Sure. Governor of South Carolina. Yes. Or former governor now, right? Did she get... No, she's still the governor. Of she's still the governor until the appointment in January, I guess. Right. Okay, right. But she's not going to be next. Yeah. It is my hope that the survivors, the families, and the people of South Carolina can find some peace in the fact that justice has been served. Has it? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they caught the guy and he was found guilty by a jury of his peers. Yes, this is this is what else do you want? You know what I mean? The punishment will be decided, but it, it just seems that else it's not do. enough. Well, what? OK, but what do you want to happen? I mean, what could possibly happen more? I mean, this is just the way that. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I there's, there's literally nothing else that could be done. They caught the guy. They put him on trial. They found him guilty. And now they'll determine whether he's going to stay in prison for the rest of his life or he's going to get. Uh, sentenced to death for what he did. A horrific thing. Well, well, and here's a question about representing himself. 
Mm-hmm. Will he have the ability to go through the appeal process by himself? Probably, yeah. But I mean, d- yeah, I think he's I think there's go- a lot of things of like filing for appeal that he probably doesn't really know about. Oh no, of course not. I mean, he's a 22 year old, you know, white supremacist. I don't think this kid has a law degree. No, he's not going to be able to do it, and that's why the odds of you know, and and whatever. So that's the, what the system is. He could, he could be a white supremacist prodigy. Yeah, really. Well, you know, interestingly, um, Rick Ross, mm-hmm. the real Rick Ross, not the rapper. It's an adopted name. Rick Ross was a big time drug dealer in the 80s. He was tied up with. Um, God, the, who's like the most famous uh, coke dealer? I can't think of his name from Blow and, and Narcos. Oh, was, Jesus Christ. Pablo Escobar. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He was yeah. tied up with him and, you know, he was like his connect and he was making so much money. He was illiterate, uh, the real Rick Ross. Ended huh. up getting caught, went to jail for life in prison. All right. Couldn't read when he, he went into he jail. He teaches himself how to read himself to get how out. To read, yeah. Learned law defended himself and got himself out on a technicality and he's out of jail now not a technicality but like he found a, yeah. a way where he could appeal it and uh, do you understand how what's amazing to me about that whole thing is you know people look down on him oh he sold drugs this and that man if we could have channeled that guy into something there's still time really productive you know what i mean like at a young age not letting him fall by the wayside like that's a that's a genius level person. That's well, insane. The it, idea yeah. of that. It's some people just have that like hustle and then that they're going to succeed somewhere. Well, look, yeah, absolutely. And he had, you know, nothing but time. It was like I gotta, I can focus my energy. But that is an amazing ability to to teach yourself how to read. That's unbelievable. That's really crazy to me. And then learn law. It's just an amazing story. But anyway, but that's what that reminded me of. I don't think Dylan Roof is doing that. Did, did he read a book on learning how to read? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like that's like when people go, Mother Teresa was deaf. And blind. Not Mother Teresa. Not Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who am I talking about? <laughs> Helen Keller. Helen Keller, yeah. Mother Teresa, another amazing story. Uh, yeah, no, Helen Keller. That doesn't even... I think about that once a week. That just boggles my mind. So you couldn't hear what things sound like. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see what letters were, but yep. somehow you fucking figured out how to communicate with those two. That, no. that is shocking to me. It doesn't even make any sense. If there's a way, there's a way. Yeah, but that is so... That is so crazy. That's that's a miracle. You want to talk about miracles? That is a fucking miracle. That's unbelievable. The fortitude and just it's it's amazing. Um, all right, so that's it. Yeah, with Dylan Roof. So we'll see what happens there. Now the next one I want to get into. Remember this piece of shit, Aaron Persky. The uh, that's some strong woods, Chris. Yeah. Well, Santa Clara County, Santa Clara County Superior Court Justice or Judge Aaron Persky mm-hmm. was fe- he was the one that sentenced. Um, Brock Turner, the Stanford rapist, yes, to six months, you know, and he got out of a possible fourteen-year convention. Right, he was found to have the judge now Persky was found to have committed no misconduct in sentencing rapist Brock Turner to six months in June. He was found by a six-person commission on judicial performance on Monday to have committed, you know, no uh, negligence there, and that it was just sentence. And I have, excuse me, some quotes there: Pink Peach Bellini, Polish seltzer. Thoughts on this, Joe, before I read some of the quotes? Uh, I think it undoubtedly puts any argument to bed that apparently the judge was right in his uh, his decision. Well, this is... Or, yeah. oh, go ahead. We Read the quote. This go is ahead. what they had to say. The commission has concluded that there is not clear and convincing evidence of bias, abuse of authority, or other basis to conclude that Judge Persky engaged in judicial misconduct warranting discipline. The sentence was within the parameters set by law and was therefore within the judge's discretion. The commission is not a reviewing court. It has no power to reverse judicial decisions or to direct any court to do so. 
irrespective of whether he, uh, the commission agrees or disagrees with the judge's decision. It is not the role of the commission to discipline judges for judicial decisions unless bad faith, bias, abuse of authority, disregard for fundamental rights, intentional disregard of the law, or any purpose other than the faithful discharge of judicial duty is established by clear and convincing evidence. So basically what they're saying is we didn't have any, like, it doesn't matter whether we think this guy was right or wrong. He didn't do anything by the letter of the law incorrect and he didn't show any re- like bias yeah they, they like that was a well-written statement just yes. saying like it, they're not saying anything about the morality of the decision they're saying right. he he did his job like that is what he's allowed he's allowed to make that judgment of course and that's the same thing with dylan roof yeah it's not a good choice but that's not the court's decision whether he should or shouldn't he can because he's capable of doing it you know by the the letter of the law so that's okay what they gotta do. and 1.2 million people also capable of signing a petition for his removal yeah, well, we got Michelle Dauber. We're talking about Persky. Michelle Dauber, who's the recall judge Aaron Persky campaign chairwoman. She says, this report simply highlights what we have been saying from the beginning, which is that a petition for judicial discipline was not the correct venue to address these concerns. Mm. And the recall is the only realistic way to remove Persky from office. Under the California Constitution, Judge Persky is an elected official and voters have the right to decide whether he should continue to serve on the bench for the next six years. Right. That's where you're going to do it. If you want to get him out. Get a recall, or you know, if you can't get a recall next time he's up for election, don't fucking vote for this. Yeah, guy. but they just wasted asshole. three months well, and uh, valuable resources on the wrong uh, action cause. It, yeah, it was one of the it was one of the roads they can go down. Like, it's not necessarily the wrong one; it's just a path they can take. Yeah, and no. I think it's a worthwhile first step. You go, okay, yeah. he didn't do anything illegal. He, he wasn't biased by this, you know, commission's estimation. But it doesn't mean that we can't get rid of him because his decisions and his thought process does not match the thought process of the community. So, and that's fine because they get the opportunity to elect somebody that does represent them. And there you go. But couldn't one have the argument that uh, the community can be wrong, thus the need for the judge to be in the position he's in? Um, I guess. I mean, as long as the judge, here's the thing. As mm-hmm. long as the judge, whoever it is, is acting, again, without bias, without discrimination, without acting within whatever the parameters of the law give him the power to do, um, yeah, then the, the community, the majority, you know, whoever's going to vote, which is, ends up being a majority, they can decide we'd like this person to have this type of moral fiber or, or recognize mm-hmm. sexual assault and rape as a much bigger deal than he deemed it or, you know, not not be lenient because you feel bad for the rapist, you know, which is part of what that decision was. Well, so basically, the more realistic cause of action or call to action would be in the next six years after he serves his term as judge, you make sure he doesn't get voted in. That you have to make it a a priority that you familiarize yourself with the judges in your community and make sure that he does not get reelected. Right, or push for a recall, which is the other option, which is what this woman is talking about. Well, enjoyed more to your point about uh, you you mentioned something about like, shouldn't there be, the judge be free of certain political pressures on him? That's Mm -hmm. where my issue comes in about Electing judges, I get a little wary about. Always sort of bo- sort of bothers me. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> like, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing. But how else would they be if I you mean, don't elect them? Would they be appointed? Well, but I mean, then, yes, you, federal judges are appointed. And it's, right. The idea is that you don't have the political pressure, and yeah, but you do have poli- the political <clears throat> pressure because the the governor or whoever appoints them. So that's but, but once they're there, like, there's political pressure during the appointment process. Right. But there's no pressure once they're appointed. Sure. Because then, but, yeah. unless you do something truly impeached, like truly awful, you, you, it's a like for federal judges, you're, it's a lifetime position, a lifetime appointment. Yeah, but that's then why you have the 
commission that reviews that. You know what I mean? So, but, but then you look. I hear you. But then there's the uh, Supreme Court justice down in Alabama who like did the whole thing, like the Ten Commandments, like the religious yeah. radical. Like, yeah. He got kicked off the bench, and then he gets reelected because. Right, but that's right. I mean, shouldn't the community there? Yeah, no, it's a tricky situation. A, but shouldn't the community be able to have justice done the way that they feel justice deserves to be done? I think justice shouldn't be uh, doled out by the majority. It should be doled out certainly to protect the people who are most vulnerable. Hmm. Yeah, justice. Is, but here's the thing: as long as it's not elite, you know, it's not outside the parameters of what the judge is tasked to do, justice then does become a subjective. Because in this case, justice technically by the letter of the law was done. This kid raped someone. He did get punished for it. It's the severity of the punishment that's at odds, not that he, you know. So well, the community it, wants that punishment to be much more stringent. And that's going to be their decision when they when they elect someone. And I'm, I'm sort of putting myself in opposition here because like, I don't like the decision that was made by the judge. But I'm sort of defending him. That's like I would prefer, prefer him to have a lifetime appointment than being elected. So I'm putting myself in a very weird position there. But right. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. But anyway, so we'll see what happens. We'll you know we'll keep our eye on Persky. Yeah. And uh, you know, again, a lot of these articles like former athlete. How about current rapist? Piece of shit, Brock Turner. Can we not? That's the thing. Like I do understand that argument. It's whoever's I, writing the article. Even so you on the have Huffington to post. It's not like it was on okay. some like right wing. You know, this this is stop saying former Stanford swimmer. Past. He is a ra- rapist, Brock Turner. If he gets yes, a job, he's rapist now yeah. because he's been found guilty. If he gets a job doing carpentry, we can say a uh, former rapist and carpenter. <laughs> no, but he's a rapist Christ. forever. No, well, that stays he's, on. He's, you, a convic- he's a convicted rapist for all time. <laughs> yes, convicted rapist and current carpenter. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just mock it. I'm just going to mock carpentry. it. Carpentry. <laughs> carpentry is another thing I like that Jesus did. My dad uh, does a lot of carpentry work and so did Jesus. So there you go. My dad is, is like Jesus. We're getting uh, very Jesus today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It is know. Christmas. Christmas. Jesus is not a bad guy. Christmas in three days. He was a good guy. Did you find? Did you Google that about the uh, the philosophy book by Jefferson about Jesus? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, hold on. Uh, the life and morals of Jesus of Nazareth. Right. There you go. Yeah, it's Referred to it's the Jefferson Bible. It's a good read. Yeah, maybe follow that. Let's let's get away from these. Uh, oh, you can't get married because you're gay. Fuck yeah. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus loved everybody. Around twenty five thousand people have been evacuated from Aleppo to rebel-held areas outside the city during a turbulent end to the nearly five-year civil war, which, you know, will continue, and there's going to be an aftermath here. There were about 3,000 or so people left to leave the city, many of whom were stranded in freezing temperatures without food or warmth at checkpoints for almost 24 hours in a breakdown of evacuation plans. Four babies died during this process. Uh, They're pretty much being... By the way... I didn't know that Aleppo, the, the temperature just can vary. I did like, I Googled Aleppo, mm-hmm. you know, to see the temperature there. It was like in the 20s and 30s. Yeah, it's odd it that that didn't come up sooner. Yeah, it's strange. And then it's going to be 70 this weekend. It's a very, you know, it's yeah. very strange. But these people, you know, are just continue to suffer. The city that they're going to on the outskirts that's rebel held is called Idlib, I-D-L-I-B, I mm-hmm. guess is how you pronounce it. That's now is the the regime going to follow them there and keep going after these rebels? This is just going to keep going, you know. You want to hear something that I read that broke my heart because, sure. uh, as usual, you give me the notes. Yeah, and I have some quotes here too. <sighs> Many ran off the buses, leaving their parents behind. Oh uh, yeah, this to is take one of the quotes: yeah. apple or a banana. This has caused children to be separated from their families in the chaos, but some of them hadn't seen a piece of fruit in five or six months. Yeah. Yeah, these are kids that are... What that, kind of conditions are these human beings in? It's hellish. I mean, it's literally... It is it is as close to the... Joe Rogan always says it. He goes, 
you know, people are always worried that the apocalypse is coming. He's like, the apocalypse is here. You just don't live near it. And these people mm. are experienced, and he's 100% right. Yeah. These people are living the apocalypse, right? Kids are like, oh, an apple, and they lose themselves to the point where they actually now are separated from their family because they haven't seen a piece of fruit, fruit in six months. In, in months. You know, these are kids. So, a terrible situation. The other quote I have is from Nick Finney. He's a Save the Children Syria director. He says, These families have been forced from their homes after unimaginable suffering and are now staying in tents and abandoned buildings in a snowstorm in an area which was already overwhelmed with displaced people. So, again, this isn't going away. This is going to be a Donald Trump as president problem, and it's a world problem, and we're going to see where it goes. You know where it's going to go. Well, yeah, No one's going to do shit. Well, okay, and you know, to that point, I have a, I have a video of Obama, his last press conference. He spoke play about it. Just, just, just We're going to play it, but then I also want to say this. Mm-hmm. So I had a little situation. S.E. Cup, who's a conservative commentator. Yes. Very, very famous. Red hair, wears glasses, typically pretty, pretty well known. I think she's been on CNN. And, yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. been all over the place. Bill Maher. She has been tweeting a lot about a project that she's putting out there, which I forgot the name, but I have it in a second when we talk about it, uh-huh. where she was, she's like, this is a, you know, an international failure and, yes. you know, people need to do something about this. And she tweets about it a lot. And so I tweeted her asking her a, a question. Mm-hmm. She responded to me. So oh, no shit. So I'll read that in a minute. You know, we can discuss that in a second. But this is outgoing god outgoing president barack hussein obama discussing syria and the responsibility he feels at his final press conference which he gave uh last week uh hold on i screwed up let me just pause it i'll make the volume a little louder here we go president barack obama mike i always feel responsible Uh, i felt responsible when kids were being shot by snipers i felt responsible when millions of people had been displaced I feel responsible for murder and slaughter that's taken place in South Sudan that's not being reported on, partly because uh, there's not as much social media being generated from there. There are places around the world where horrible things are happening, and because of my office, because I'm President of the United States, I feel responsible. I ask myself every single day, is there something I could do that would save lives and make a difference and spare some child who doesn't deserve to suffer. It's a, it's a real moment from Obama, you know, saying I feel it every day. And he does. I don't, they're just words. I don't disbelieve him. Yeah. But we've talked about it. How many times the only thing I think that you can really do here because the humanitarian effort we know is kind of being run through the UN by people who are loyal to the regime or related to the regime. Um, you know, you're not going to put troops on the ground. You're just not. The war's already over in this phase of it is over. There's total destruction. The only thing you can do is really uh, help the the people that have gotten out, refugees, and do something for them. Um, yeah, it is just words, but what are you going to do? Yeah, but you had a civil war for five years where right. you sat on your hands. Well, the U.S. flew, you know, planes over and did some airstrikes and things like that, tried to arm the rebels to an extent. But yes, but there was not, you know, which, again, is a dangerous game that the United States always tries to play. And yeah, man, it's tough. But I but I appreciate him at least saying that, you know, I do feel responsible for it, of course. And he does look at what look at what those people look like, the presidents, when they start and when they finish. It is an overwhelming difference, burden and responsibility you feel. 
and it's it's unimaginable and that's again you know something we worry about trump getting in there i don't think that guy appreciates it when he's like no no thank you i already had my press briefing today i'm good like oh dude you have for the no week idea. no 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 I press briefing for the week chris yeah he well, needs one a week I, I can't see him looking much worse when he gets out of office though no he's just gonna be <laughs> extremely haggard what that fucking wig is gonna look like just a skeleton <laughs> no. yeah it's gonna look terrible oh god uh so this is what happened so i tweet so se cup was you know, tweeting a yes. bunch of things in different links. And I said, how much money must help me go home.org, which if you guys want to check it out, that's the thing that she's been tweeting about. Okay. How much uh, money must help me go home.org raise to ensure actually safe, safe zones in Syria? She wants to establish safe zones to actually set up a safe zone. Yeah. And I said, do you envision so who would you be paying like well, a government to set up shop? Well, and I said, do you envision U S military help? Okay. Because we've talked about the safe yeah, zone it's a thing in Syria. Question. That's in, that's very, very difficult because where are you going to set it up? Yes. Then you're going to have to have some kind of military involvement. It's billions of dollars. You have to feed these people. What do you do with them after the fact? Mm-hmm. How do you actually keep, the, you know, Russia and Syria from getting involved? There? So it's a, a massive, massive undertaking. And she responded, she says, we envision political and public pressure Help us make actual change, which isn't an answer, but, you know, I guess I appreciated that she did that. And then I I replied and she didn't answer that. And I was like, I don't support safe zones. I do think we should, you know, it's obviously an international failure and we should do something for the refugees. But, you know, I I don't imagine that happening. So just interesting because at least she answered. But, you know, the 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 only really solution I see is it's never going to happen though is somebody f- gives Russia a good talking to and they go in and they help the fucking people. Yeah, well, Russia wants to have a stronghold in the no, there, I know, the and that's what they're doing. Yeah. I, I would love to see that conversation with Putin. Somebody giving him a stern talking to his mother, just <laughs> Vladimir. <laughs> go be nice to those people over there in Syria. Yeah, really, they're human be beings nice. too, Vlad. <laughs> yeah, if Putin's not. Uh, that's not going to happen. So. No, I know. Uh, so anyway, so that that's what's going on there. Um, I got a climate change update because we're going to do this climate change thing real quick. Yes. Good job by Obama. And then we're going to get into the Julian Assange Hannity interview, which is excellent. It's like nice. 11 minutes. And again, I, I wrote down like where I chopped up the video, the audio a little bit because, you know, there's some extraneous stuff and whatever. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. there's like the 11 like minutes that I want to discuss. Outgoing President Barack Obama will use executive authority to permanently block offshore drilling in 115 million acres of the Arctic and 3.8 million acres in the North and Mid-Atlantic Oceans. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced that Canada will halt its own Arctic drilling in conjunction with the U.S. move. So I think that's great. Yes. And, you know, yes, the Trump administration can can appeal it, I guess, or kind of go after it, but... There's never been there's a precedent that this wouldn't be that he couldn't really over you know overturn this and it'd be very very difficult. So in all likelihood, Obama has permanently blocked those you know drilling sites in the Arctic, which is great. Thank God. Well, well the Trump administration is saying so many things they're going to go after, and there's only so many things they can realistically do. So it's going to be interesting where they actually invest their cap their yeah, political and, capital and go after on day one. You know that's yeah. the other thing he's going to do this and that's like you're not going to do it's that. Like, I'm constantly hearing so many things that they're going to do. It's like that that probably isn't gonna be one of their priorities. So no. Now in this, you also had sent but maybe me. with Rex Tillerson, the fucking Exxon. You know, it's like yeah, that well, might be one of his priorities. We'll see what happens. Uh, you also sent me a link to another website that they were talking about the uh, the renewable energy source. Well, well, hold on, because I was gonna say the Norway thing. Yes. Let me say it, and then you can get into yeah, whatever okay. you want. Norway's, so this ties into it, Norway's biggest oil company, Statoil, won a $42.5 million bid last Friday to lease 79,350 acres of federal water off the coast of Long Island, planning to build a massive 
offshore wind farm. The first phase of this plan is hoping to produce 600 megawatts. New York Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo hopes that 50% of uh, energy will be zero emission sources by 2030. Whatever he's smoking, I want it. He's trying to set that as a goal. The cost of offshore megawatt hours Uh right now is $75 to $140, while the cost of gas or coal megawatt hours is $67 to $72. This is in Europe where they're getting that information, but that's getting closer, right? I mean, the bottom end of of offshore wind energy is $75. The high end of gas coal is $72. So if you invest in that and with technology and all that stuff, I think you're getting much closer. If you start mass producing it, the cost will go down eventually. Right. And and you delegitimize coal and gas. Question, question, question. You remember how we wanted to do hypotheticals? I want to hit you with a hypothetical now. Okay. This is a hypothetical. Because renewable energy belongs to everybody, that means that the state could well, subsidize energy to the community. Oh, Wouldn't that destroy a lot of uh, the current precedents of energy companies? Oil companies, car companies, coal companies? Well, yeah, by coal companies, yes. Technology ended, yeah. So that technology over, yes. So, and, and so, so, so to some extent, but let me say this: yes, this is an oil, this is an energy company, this is stat oil, yes. an oil company. Yes, it's still a capitalistic venture. Yeah, they're still going to be governed by the same you, you the same restrictions on. You don't think that Exxon and all these companies are investing? They obviously are. They're investing in the, these different uh, energies. They're yes. just not so ready my, to pull the trigger. Right, well, so, well, okay. so my question is: Why don't the government form a, a committee that sole's purpose? Is to do renewable energy. They can, and they have under Obama. They've they've tried to promote those things, but it just depends on what. But they the, kept on failing, from what I understand. Some of them failed. The Solyndra. Some yes. of them failed. Yeah, because it's it's a new venture, and it, and like Matt said, it's not at the point yet where you know the incentive is there to to, and there's enough competition or whatever mm-hmm. to bring the price down. But if you look into the whole Solyndra thing, and I don't have the fucking numbers off the top of my head, yes. but they go they go Obama invested X amount of money and he wasted it all and it was a failure. That was like one of a thousand things that they did, and a lot of them were, were successful, and that is contributing to why the price is coming down. Yes. There's just not a, a, you know, it seems crazy to do that, but that's where we're going. It's just and, obviously where we're going. Because and, if you ask me, this is a game changer. It can be, certainly, yeah. And guess who's getting rich? Norway, not the United States, yeah. right? Then but, we're going to let China do it. But European company has the for, has the foresight to say, oh, renewable energy is the way of the future. So we're an oil company. It's called stat oil, for God's sake. Right. But they have the foresight to say, okay, let's try to let's diversify a, a little this. bit. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. You got anything else there, Joe? You seemed excited about it. I just... Uh, I, I really want the government to start kicking ass. I want Donald <laughs> Trump's government to subsidize everything well but that's again now you're talking that's not going to happen he will subsidize certain things you're talking about well he's going to subsidize coal right isn't he trying to save coal cup yeah which coal country and all that stuff like coal's going away because it's not economically feasible so we're talking about the economically economic feasibility of wind which is getting close to to oil to natural gas right coal isn't worth it anymore absolutely well and you know a big republican talking point and like an idea that i guess people think trump is going to live by it's like free market gotta let the free market rule no but the government government does help control that and he has to set the rules and the parameters and incentivize certain things because we don't live in a corporation we live in a country and i want the country to do the right thing for us and for the planet and that's that's obviously the wave of the future which free market is everything you keep hearing is like i keep reading all these articles about Oh, is capitalism coming to an end? It's like the complete opposite. It's like the world's changing. So I don't yeah, know where it's going to be in 20 right. years. Well, and let me tell you this. 
riddle me this, people who are more conservative or whatever, and they want to talk about the free market. If free market, if you believe in free market, then how can we have advertising? I mean, oh. how can we have marketing? If the best ideas rise and competition creates, you know, an environment where we, you know, we're going to get the best products and all this stuff, then how come we allow Coca-Cola, which is already the biggest, you know, uh, soda, soda company. company in the world? Why do we let them advertise all the time? Why I mean, do we have beer commercials? I, mean, I think that's, I think your argument's a little false, faulty there that, I mean, that is, they, you, in order, in order to grow in the first place, you market yourself. And then you, if you claim that capitalism is a meritocracy, then Coke has the money to continue that marketing because they are better, therefore better than other companies. But it's not a free market, though. That's not a free market, then, in the truest sense of what they're talking free about. Mar- free market is more implying that the government is not interfering. It's not saying you don't have to spend money on marketing. It's saying the government is not stepping in. It's capital- capitalism in its purest sense. I get it, but it's not the truest, then, form of competition. Because a company that already has a head start can just bury. But we're, we're t- I'm talking about you pu- buy the little but, companies. What's but a, but a, been going on? A, yeah, pure, well, yeah. a pure free market is trying to imply that capitalism is a meritocracy. If you make money, it's because you have done a better job, right? And therefore, you're going to grow and continue to get better until you until you do something wrong and you'll fail. The problem is if you are able to get a monopoly, if you're able to right. get that advantage that can destroy other companies, right? then it's no longer meritocracy. Sure. So. Well, and that's the rub. And that's what I always talk about where people go, listen, man, you got to take the chains off. Like let the, you know, eventually the big fish eat the little fish and then yeah. you just have two big fish and one of them merges with the other one. And that's and, it. And then you just have one option. Like, and, and if, if, if and there's if, nothing else to if, eat, if yeah. the fish gets so big that it swallows the, all the little fish, then it's not a healthy ecosystem. Absolutely. Right. You're absolutely right. And that, but that is the, I don't know how it's so like people are blind to it. Like you see it with uh, media companies, you know, NBC Universal. It's like they used to be two companies. Now they're one. A lot of these things happen where drug companies merge and all this stuff. Well, Eventually allowing, having all this choice or just letting these corporations kind of run wild and do the thing eventually leads to no choice. That's really what it is. And that's, that's communism. You know, the thing that people are afraid of, it's a corporate communism where eventually you have one or two options because of it. You just keep letting them get bigger, bigger, bigger. And then it's not even Coke and Pepsi. It's just soda. Well, well, <laughs> it's just the soda company, the cable company, because they don't exist. There's a town in Florida, Celebration Disney, Disney, a uh, Celebration Florida. Disney owns it. It's a town that Disney owns. They actually own it. They control, you know, what things can look like, what businesses are allowed to come in. You know what the one Real again. I went to it. The one really interesting thing that I find about it is there's no a there's a Starbucks. There's like you know different things, but there's no AMC you know movie theater. There's no uh, Foot Locker. It's just the shoe store. Yeah, the the movie theater because in a world where one company or one corporation owns everything, there's no need to they, There's no even there's no reason to even let you know. That there's different brands. There are no different brands. There's only one choice. That's all go, you get. Yeah, you go to the ice cream store, the ice cream shop. So essentially, Disney made their own communistic society. Yes. And it's a beautiful town. I'm not going to lie to you. It's beautiful, but I wouldn't want to live there. It's insane. No. That's crazy. Uh, but that's the, that's the to me, that's the goal of all these corporations and whatever. The, 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 the devil's greatest trick was convincing you didn't exist. Same thing. Yeah, I don't, have to, I don't have to put a Starbucks logo on it, or I don't have to put a... That's uh, Starbucks, right? I don't have to put a, um, you know, a Statoil logo, or whatever we're talking about, Coca-Cola. It's just soda. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who's making money off this. It's just the thing that exists. Well, like, there's so many laws in the books. Like, there's laws that were limiting the size of uh, media companies. Like, you can't, uh, one person can't own a certain amount of the media. But yeah, but like, guess what? They but get now, waivers and all. Yeah, that. it's like which there's those laws are there for a reason, and now we're just giving them waivers and or like we like Teddy Roosevelt, a great Republican. Yeah. 
it bro- loved the antitrust laws. He, Trustbuster, yeah. Like he loved breaking up those companies because for a healthy for capitalism to be healthy, you cannot have uh, monopolies. Right, and that's that, the and, fact. And man, are we living in that world now? You know, I mean, it's really where we are, especially with all these billionaires. You know, drain the swamp. There's nothing but billionaires and millionaires and Goldman people and yeah. establishment people in that in that cabinet and in that administration. And that's, um, you know. Uh, that's a really dangerous place to be where you have people that have all these homogenous ideas and they're in a ruling class. It's really what it is. And they don't have to be in touch with you in any way. Well, I, well, I'd be honest with you. It's the I, same idea. It's just people instead of corporations, but they control those corporations. Well, also the other thing I want to do is one day talk to an economist about the cons- the consolidation of wealth with all these companies buying up each other. Yeah. Because I think the money is disappearing then in theory. Well, it is. It's being stashed offshore. You know, all these things are tied together. That is the thing. <laughs> like, at a certain point, we've talked about the idea of money, you know, depreciating in value over time to kind of encourage this stuff to be spent and reinvested into yes. the, the society. Um, that's not what's happening. You get these billionaires that leave uh, companies with hundreds of millions of dollars, and it's all offshore. And that money is not that was used. generated. It the Republican argument of trickle down, or the better that the really wealthy people do, the better that everybody. No, it's does. out of the system. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> just vacuuming it out of the system, never to return. But unless we have to bribe them to be like, listen, we won't tax you at all. You can just bring your money back and say, well, what do you think, man? Well, that money's gone. You have to incentivize them to spend that money. Yeah. And or redistribute it. I have zero problem with that. You can't take zero. it from them. Yeah, good luck trying to take it from And them, I've said friend. before, taxes, they want to simplify the tax code. I don't think the high, the highest income tax or whatever should never be more than 49%. So if people that want to like, oh, you liberal idea, never, you shouldn't, the government or whatever should never be able to take more than half of what I earn ever. It should be 49% should be the ta- top rate. But then that goes along with very strict rules on how business is done on the amount of time, even that corporations can exist. They used to be, they used to have to prove a public good and then they had to dissolve after yeah, what happened to that time. Right. Well, because eventually somebody made enough money to buy a politician and change the rules or become a politician themselves. Trump, all these other fucking people that are in his administration. It's so obviously happening, but people want to believe that somehow they're going to become a billionaire and they're going to get to write the rules. Newsflash. That's not the case. All right. It's just not. That's the situation we're in. Very, very interesting times. And this was actually a better, I didn't know where this conversation was going to go, but I'm happy <laughs> that's where it yes. went. Uh, Julian Assange and Sean Hannity talk about an interesting conversation. I hate Sean. I don't hate, look, I don't hate Sean Hannity. I think Sean Hannity is the one of the worst ones on Fox. If I had to rate them, I don't like Hannity at all. I think he's not an honest broker. I think O'Reilly is better in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Even though I know he came up with a video kind of extolling the virtues of white supremacy yeah, this week. But, uh, oh, I didn't God. listen to it, but I saw, you know, I saw a lot I of mean, I just saw the, like, the graphic on screen is like, just flat out saying white like we yeah, he maintain our white establishment yeah he basically was saying like listen all these other people want to come out and try to attack the white uh, you know power structure I don't like it <laughs> and to be fair we've been saying that that's what we've meant the entire time yeah. now he's just flat out saying it he just said it yeah now he's saying it not just us Um. so anyway so this is Julian Assange mm-hmm. WikiLeaks head being interviewed by Sean Hannity again I went through it and I cut out different parts and there's different edits should i just say where my edits were and if you really care i just want to be honest about it well let me say three minutes and 31 seconds in four minutes and 47 seconds in five minutes and 43 seconds six minutes 11 six minutes 29 seven minutes 22 and nine minutes 30 that's where i made cuts i cut stuff out or whatever so if you hear a jump just understand it's not the full interview but i didn't take anything out to like fuck with the context it was just more this is the stuff i want to talk about so i'm curious i'm curious how many people are going to be upset about your edits yeah, whatever. I just want to be, you know, I want to be let, clear. Uh, please let Chris know 
in the comments. Yeah, you can feel free to let me know. All right, this is uh, Sean Hannity's radio program talking to Julian Assange. Interesting stuff. We'll pause it and kind of have discussion as it goes. Here we go. I know you follow the news closely. I know you see the narrative. Now, there is a big brouhaha in the United States, the same media, by the way, that WikiLeaks exposed as colluding with Hillary Clinton's campaign with near hysteria getting up to the... I'm also going to say this. This is I work in, you know, audio editing and all this stuff. This Hannity interview is edited like you if to me when listening to it in full it's like you can hear clear like cuts and they mm-hmm. cut this out they did that so okay so take that with a little bit of a grain of salt but i understand they're trying to fit it into the context of a show whatever but there's some obvious cuts that they made as well so so you're saying that this interview wasn't done li- on live tv no it was on radio anyway but i'm saying oh, they probably oh, they, they recorded oh, okay. it and then you know kind of cut it up i think for segments of the show gotcha. for whatever purpose but I, I doubt you know who knows maybe they did cut some context out but i'm just putting that out there too here we go president and john podesta with hillary's campaign claiming over and over and over again that it's clear the cia says so even though there's no new evidence whatsoever that we didn't have prior to the election and that the fbi contradicts and james clapper the national director of intelligence contradicts that in fact the russians tried to influence in the elections and and this hacked information came from them and you're saying that is outright false that's a falsehood uh, our source is not the russian government now okay Julian Assange says, our source mm-hmm. is not the Russian government. He's going to explain that he doesn't like to give up, so he's not going to give up a source. He actually won't even admit that Chelsea Manning was the source for the collateral murder video. Now, everybody kind of assumes that, but it's never been as, as said by WikiLeaks that that's a source. He's defended hmm. Chelsea Manning, but he's never said that that's where the information came from, which I think is crucially important. There's a lot in this interview that's really important. Well, because as a journalist, you're never supposed to reveal your source. No. That's, and it's supposed that's to, an oath. Absolutely, and it's supposed to be a safe haven for yes. people that want to and safely give information. For, his, for him in particular, when you're looking for whistleblowers, you're protecting people's lives, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And if it's... Like America, they'll be thrown in prison for life, and if in other countries, people can be killed for that. Yes. So in other words, let me be clear. Russia did not give you the Podesta documents or anything from the DNC. That's correct. Can you confirm whether or not you have information involving hacked info from the RNC? Uh, we received uh, about three pages of information to do with the RNC and uh, Trump. Uh, but it was already public somewhere else. Okay, so in other words, there was nothing significant. There was nothing comparable to what happened. So what Reince Priebus said on NBC to Chuck Todd this weekend was true, and NBC had it wrong. Well, as far as we're aware of. As far as you're aware of. Yeah. Now, the CIA supposedly says the Russians definitely tried to influence the U.S. election. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's very interesting. Uh, The key quote uh, for us is from James Clapper on the 17th of November. James Clapper is... Who is a piece of garbage and we've seen lie to Congress, right? Mm-hmm. To take it with a grant. Well, we didn't do it wittingly. Fuck you. Oh, yes. is that That's that Clapper. So, okay. All right. He's the head of the DNI. He's the director of national intelligence who oversees all uh, 17 U.S. intelligence agencies. Uh, and so his statement is, as far as the WikiLeaks connection, this is made to the House Intelligence Committee, uh, as far as the WikiLeaks connection, uh, the evidence is not strong, and we don't have a good insight into the sequencing of the releases or when the data may have been provided. We don't have good insight into that. So, let me, let me, for the sake of our audience, Julian, yeah. let me play the exact quote. This is James Clapper, the director of national intelligence, saying exactly what you did. That in fact, the Russian government, well, to, to what he exactly said, uh, that in fact, he was very, very clear. Uh, in saying that WikiLeaks' connection with Russian hacking is not strong. Watch. As far as the uh, WikiLeaks uh, connection... 
Well, let me say this, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'll hear Hannity ask a question very quickly and Assange respond quickly. That's not how it works. We do. I produce the UFC podcast, UFC Unfiltered, Jim Norton, Matt Sarah. It's great. You check it out Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, we take calls all the time from fighters. There's a bit of a delay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, things aren't going to happen that quickly. So, that they clearly cut that stuff out. So, it was like a much faster paced interview. So, just yes. know that. The evidence there is uh, not uh, as strong, and we don't have good insight into uh, the sequencing of the releases. Uh, or when that, when the data may have been provided, we don't we don't have uh, as good insight into that. So that confirms exactly what you're saying. Can you answer whether or not there there's a report out today, and there was a report out earlier this week that in fact they can trace back some leaks to the Department of Homeland Security as it relates to the state oh. of Georgia. Do you know anything about those? <clears throat> uh, I looked when the. Uh, Let's pull back a bit. There's a deliberate attempt this week uh, to conflate a whole lot of different issues together. Uh, it seems to be, uh, uh, as a desire, uh, an extremely dangerous and foolish desire, uh, to flip uh, members of the U.S. Electoral College around uh, into getting up John Kasich or Hillary Clinton on the 19th. Oh, yeah, obviously, this is before Trump was confirmed by the Electoral College. So he was just saying that a lot oh. of the stuff is coming out to try to you know, tainted to the point where people are like, we can't in good conscience put Trump in there, but that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's foolish because it won't happen. Uh, it's dangerous because the argument that it should happen can be used uh, in four years' time or eight years' time for a sitting government that doesn't want to hand over power. Uh, and that's a very dangerous thing. With- what, Jay? I see you. No, I was, I'm just, just thinking. Go ahead. Just Well, the point being, well, because maybe if you got confused by it, maybe other people did. If Trump, you know, Trump's going to have to run for re-election in four years. Yes. Point being, if you can convince electors to not go with the will of the people, a sitting president could just convince them to keep him in power endlessly. So you won't need a vote. Right. Well, not, endless, not, not endlessly. You can only get two terms. Maybe. Constitutionally. Maybe, but you could have people keep writing you in. <laughs> doesn't ma- you know doesn't matter. The Constitution only allows yeah, you to Yeah, we got so. eight years to change the Constitution. I understand. But he's just saying, but that's yeah. the point. Yeah, though, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Not, okay. Without revealing your sources, would it be fair to say that the information as it relates to WikiLeaks and John Podesta's emails came from within the United States to you? Uh, we have said it has not come from a state party. Uh, we know where it came from originally, of course. It's John Podesta. It's from the DNC, uh, etc. Uh, there's been no claim that has been held up, no, not even maintained anymore, uh, that uh, any of the information has been modified uh, or is fake. So you can't confirm or deny if this information came from within the United States? Uh, we're unhappy that we felt that we needed to even say that it wasn't a state party. Normally we say nothing at all, uh, mm-hmm. but we, we have a, a conflict of interest. Our, our, we have an uh, excellent reputation and strong interest uh, in uh, protecting our sources and so never saying anything about them, never ruling anyone in or anyone out. We sometimes do it. We don't like to do it. Uh, we have another interest, which is maximizing the impact of our publications. Let me ask uh, you and, this then. And, they, they, can and you... So here, here, in order to order to prevent a distraction attack against our publications, we've had to uh, come out and say, no, it's not a state party. Stop trying to distract in that way and pay attention to the content uh, mm-hmm. of the publication. Now, him saying it's not a state party is interesting because that me that just means, and again, he's very that reluctant. That it's not the says, state of it's Russia. It's not Russia, well, yeah, right? It's not the United States. But that doesn't mean it's not some Russian hacker or whatever outside of official state hacking. You know? yeah. And they're not even saying who necessarily did the hacking. It could be a Russian state hacker who just handed it off to the, the, the Russian equivalent of Joey on the street. And yeah. Just- 
Absolutely. Or it could be Joey. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. not saying who it is. Is it, it's is not you, Joey. Joey. You? It is not me. Oh. No, it's not. So in other words, when you say state party, it wasn't another state like Russia or or some other country. Correct. I have a I have so many more questions for you. Let me let me ask you a, a couple of these. Um, do you think the president knows as you do that the source was not Russia for WikiLeaks? And I think it's important to point out that for over ten years, WikiLeaks has never been proven wrong, not one single time. You- and that's what we were talking about, you know, last week or the week before, and I had some conversation in the 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 SoundCloud comments. That's the thing. Yes. WikiLeaks, regardless of what you think they're doing to try to be biased or whatever, the information is accurate because it comes from the actual source. Like yes. you said, Podesta's the source. It doesn't matter who really gave him the information. <laughs> the it's coming sp- from him. It's coming from the actual person because it's an e- it's emails. And that's what it is. So the information is accurate and that's the truth. Do you believe the president is purposefully advancing this for political purposes to delegitimize Donald Trump? Yes. Do you? It's clear, it's clear if you look at the statements by uh, James Clapper. He also made an earlier statement that um, the U.S. intelligence is not aware of when we received material or how. Uh, so it, it's pretty clear that um, he, he must be getting those briefings as well if the public is getting them. Um, so mm. th- there's a deliberate attempt to conflate. Basically, as far as the public is concerned, the only interesting that happen- thing that happened uh, is that WikiLeaks published uh, another number of different types of information, the, the DNC uh, publications, John, John Podesta's, and a variety of uh, Clinton emails obtained under Freedom of Information Act. So that's what's interesting to the public. Let me ask you this. You never thought Donald Trump would win. Why? I didn't think he would win. Uh, I thought he had a much higher chance than what the polling was uh, giving. Uh, I'd gone through- Which I feel like is exactly the position we took here. I mean, yes. obviously, early on, I didn't think he was really running. But once he became the nominee, it's like, yeah, this guy could be president, definitely. I thought Hillary would win, but I thought it was, he could, I, you know, he had a chance. I didn't see him We win. gave him a 30-some percent chance, like so, Nate Silver did. So, what, like, when he first entered the election, like, won the primary, I got was saying to all my friends, like, I'm terrified. This is, like, what happens when you get a populist Republican running against a Democrat who can't get the vote out. I a, then, a corporate can, Democrat. Yeah. And, and then I convinced myself that I was wrong. And yep. I ate my words. He's about to talk about it. It's an interesting take. Brexit. Uh, and it was a very similar case in Brexit where you had a, a new nationalist uh, feeling in the country and uh, disenfranchisement with existing elites. Uh, but there was polling, a number of professional pollsters coming up to Brexit, uh, and they got it wrong. There was uh, intense uh, pressure in the United States from the mainstream media. Uh, to make people feel ashamed uh, of wanting to vote uh, for Donald Trump Hmm. and to make them feel like that they had to vote for Hillary Clinton even though they didn't want to. That's the truth. That is true. Now, whether the media could... Again, I think CNN is probably the most complicit in all this. They really push Trump. MSNBC was pushing the hell out of Hillary, though. Absolutely, but I'm saying the negative attention was from MSNBC and whatever and even Fox to an extent was like against Trump at first but CNN really focused on everything the guy did and sometimes you know they debate whether it was okay or not but like instead of actually being like no what he's doing is wrong it doesn't matter whether the people like it or not he's wrong about these things and they did you know so that's a good point and you know I don't necessarily know if they they tried to make people feel the media intentionally tried to make people feel bad but there was certainly enough out there that should have made people feel bad about voting for him they definitely definitely were like gotta vote for Hillary doesn't matter if you don't like her. She's the best. No, nope, you got to vote. Okay. Very interestingly, I think that if the polling had been accurate, Donald Trump wouldn't have won. Interesting. Huh. Now, why do I say that? Well, Donald, uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign outspent Donald Trump by almost two to one. If the polling had been accurate, 
bankers and other cashed-up interests uh, would have given Hillary Clinton, you know, another five billion dollars. And she would have blasted that and advertising everywhere. But they didn't give her all that money because they didn't perceive that there was a need to because she seemed that she was four or five uh, points ahead in the polls. Right. Well, she didn't go to Wisconsin. She didn't go to Michigan. Yeah, yeah she, she would have gone to the states that, like, if she had thought that they were, they were going to become actual toss up states, yeah. she would have gone there. Right. Like, and, uh, you know, her internal polling was off, obviously, too. But that's if, you know, the whole polling was off. So th- yeah. This is just a really rough year for all, poll- all, all pollsters. Brexit, this. Just- yep. So they got fooled uh, by the polling and therefore didn't spend the amount of money uh, that they needed to on the campaign and didn't recruit other resources, so, you know, recruit even more uh, mainstream media resources uh, to beat up Trump and to defend Clinton because they didn't think there was a need to. How easy from your assessment as somebody that has been involved with this most of his adult life now, how... How secure, if you were to give a grade of 1 to 10, 10 being the most secure, how secure is America's agencies, American government, America's secrets? Oh. Everything is almost completely insecure now. The <coughs> computer systems have been... What? No, what not, no, no, I mean, yeah. we're fucked. This is a guy that allegedly hacked NASA as a teenager, you know? Oh, so he hacked NASA as allegedly. a kid. Allegedly. I mean, the, the problem is, mm. no matter... It's almost impossible to actually, like, make a hacking-proof... Like a, a of totally secure network. It's too like, too many too many things in play. It, it's like the old way with like, like uh, the old no. thing about cops. Like you can come out with, if you come out with good technology, the criminals come out with get, come out with the newer stuff. No, yeah. you know how to do it. What? The laptop theory. It's not connected to anything. Yeah, you got to buy a completely yeah. yes. a laptop but, that was built never connected to the internet. Yes, yeah, but, but who's the world do doesn't that? run like the world doesn't do that nowadays. Like right. that's just well, we're and gonna have to start doing it. Well, no, and especially when your microwave can be used in a botnet attack. We talked about this. Yeah, shit, I you know. know. Well, I, know. I mean, like that, like should that be done with like government computer, like certain government computers that have the most high, highly classified stuff? Probably. Maybe, yeah, but th- that's the thing. How do you even get information between, like, if you don't and, email, you don't do anything, it's never well, connected to the internet, you're going to put it on a drive or a disk or whatever. So, so this is where, like, the whole email issue came and from. And we have like, a state, you, bro. Like, the, uh, you're trying to expect the government to catch up technologically? Like, right. the people running government are in their 60s, their 70s. Well, they, it's a bureaucracy, yeah. Yeah, it's like, they, they're not going to be the ones who understand technology. No. We need Will Smith and Gene Hackman. I don't even care about that reference. It's <laughs> become <laughs> so complex that it is not possible to understand all the parts, uh, let alone secure them. It is, it is just impossible. So, and that goes for individuals as well as the government? It goes, goes for all of us, yeah. Yeah. Do you think there could be a separate operation within the Russian government, separate and apart from the information you have at WikiLeaks? Absolutely. Okay, so this is interesting. There's a, con- there's a conflation between the th- three things. WikiLeaks publications, uh, and I've told you what James Clapper says about them, uh, that they don't can't see how the Russians transferred them to us, etc. Uh, that had the impact everyone's talking about. Uh, alleged hacks of the U.S. voting system. Uh, you just mentioned the DHS, for example, uh, and other publications appearing on the internet that no, basically almost no one has heard of. They didn't have any impact in the election. In fact, it might have had the opposite impact. So, in this last category, there's uh, a site called DC Leaks and another and a WordPress site run by a guy calling himself Guccifer Two. Um, now, who behind these? We don't know. Do you know these people? Uh, and there was a couple of no, and there was a, a couple of publications uh, also by uh, The Hill and by Gawker mm-hmm. uh, and The Smoking Gun uh, that claimed that, that their documents came from, I think, from Gustav, maybe this DC leaks. 
so those, those look very much like uh, that they're the Russians. Uh, but in some ways, they, they seem very amateur, and they look too much like it. Mm-hmm. And so this is what, you know, far from me to quote John Bolton, who I think I should, should be executed or something, but he has said correctly that if something looks so much like uh, that is meant to be the Russians, then maybe someone wants you. Just think, to, that's, a, that's think such a good point. What do you want Americans to know about what your motives are? Well, WikiLeaks has been going for 10 years. Uh, we specialize in, in obtaining information which has been suppressed from the public that is of uh, political or historical uh, importance, understanding it, analyzing it, publishing it, protecting our sources, encouraging interaction with the public. And that educates everyone and they can decide how they want to live their lives accordingly. Uh, See, and that's, that's, a ten, that's a big tenet. I think that's part of the argument we had where it's like he's, he, it's not his responsibility to make sure the, the, the public, the voting public, people in a democracy are doing their homework or an no, he's just got to make sure it's there. Yeah, he's got to make sure it's accurate and it's vetted and he's not going to get anybody killed. Otherwise, it's your job. You know, it's the media's job. It's people's job to go through that information and figure it out. You, he's not going to do it for the lowest common denominator of people that, that only get their sound bites for supper that we've talked about on the show and, and they can't pay attention. It's not his job to do that. No. And it's if, he, if you perceive a bias because that's the only information he put out, fine, but look through the information. Look through the actual information. Forget because I don't think, again, I don't think his his political motivation actually factored in here. He said he did get some RNC documents. Yeah, but what they, you just, have, they were already out. The information was already out. Yeah, but we have to. What you have to keep in mind is the average American, with the way life is today, between bills, duties, and all the massive entertainment that is well, entertain- being- entertainment is a option if you want to okay. watch tv instead of reading the the leaks understood and that's what's happening sure and that and that's fine you know okay i understand i'm not saying like you're an asshole for doing that of course you know i i end up doing a lot of work and yeah i wish i could sit down and play halo or whatever and i can't sometimes you know what i mean but the, and i wish i had more time to read about this shit and, and go through this stuff i understand yes people well, have busy lives but that's not julian assange's fault no, but uh, so the fault the fault doesn't lie on the average person who doesn't want to go read through the leaks. Well, it's our corporate media, yeah, really, it's, first and it's, foremost. The jur- it's really like this is where we're, one of the areas we're really suffering now is it's a journalist's responsibility to focus on the truth and what actually and find what actually is important. Yeah, well, and and we l- don't have the like we don't have qual- the, that many quality journalists. Anymore. Well, the inc- well the incentive isn't there for tell. I mean, really, it's television media. The incentive is not there to be informative; it is there to be entertaining. And, Sit here and watch this all day. And, and actually, I'd like to change mm. my statement to now that we don't have good journalists, that is being drowned out by yes crap. Yes, absolutely. Look at uh, what Snowden did. That information did get out. Yes. Do you know why it got out? Because Snowden took the information and presented it to actual journalists, Glenn Greenwald, people at The Guardian, The Post, the time, and it got out there. People know about that story. You know, Maybe not to the extent we want them to, but people got that information, I think. I don't think the public outcry was ac- you know, good. <laughs> but that information got out there because journalists got the information, saw that it was valuable, and did their job. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's it. You know what I mean? That, that's the whole pr- chain of command. That's what has to happen there. And we've won a lot of awards for that, a lot of journalism awards. Uh, I've won the equivalent of uh, the Pulitzer Prize in my own country, Australia, the Walkley Award. Sure. Uh, other journalists have won the top journalism prize in their country three t- three times, in the case of Kristen Crapson. So we're, we're pretty good at this. Uh, we have a perfect record. No, I think you're pretty uh, good. We have, we have a pretty big impact, as you will have seen. Uh, I, I, I think you had a huge impact on this election, and it, it makes it angers Democrats. Would you have published the same thing if it was about Donald Trump? Absolutely. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, and there's no question in my mind that that's true. 
You just yeah, didn't have the would. information. It really isn't. No. Nope. Uh, yeah. And presume, you know, if, if Donald Trump uh, um, makes a lot of enemies. Uh, wait, wait, wait. But, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But again, we'll as we said from the very first time we've heard about the email leaks and all that, there was not one thing in there that surprised anybody. No, it wasn't surprising. No. We knew everything that was going to be in there, and there was not, to me, a single game changer. No, I agree. And, you know, again, this like to Assange's point, the media focused on its Russian hacking. Yes. You know, Trump is tied up with the Russians, which we're going to keep talking about. I'm not saying, like, just throw the baby out with the bathwater, but... Did they dig through those emails? No, it ended up becoming, you know, more Hillary emails coming out. But how yep. deep did they go into those and explain like, well, this is what the email said. Like, does that sound not like the person that we know Hillary Clinton to be? No, it makes you understand her more. And yes. that, to me, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. That's exactly what we've been saying. Again, it didn't fit into the narrative of what the whole story was. And you just hear Hillary Clinton email corrupt. And that's what gets in people's mind, not what the email was, what actually happened, who was it. You know, that's yeah. a big problem. And again, that's a question of presentation. And that's a fucking failing or failure of our corporate media, which we've been talking about from day one on this podcast. Bernie talked about it. And that's stuff that's still not being addressed. This is the noise. There's a yes. lot of real well, things that could be addressed and it's not being addressed. Well, and it won't be under Trump. It was also a little bit of just... Uh, straight up bad luck in terms of okay, so the thing they've been hammering on Hillary on for years is emails, 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 and then all of a sudden, the the word emails get thrown around more, and it's like people are just oh, here. Yeah. It's like right, and then you talk about the FBI, you know, yeah. getting involved. Like, man, I tweeted something. I don't know when it was a little while back. Maybe you could find the exact tweet. It's twitter.com slash mansamp, but. You know, I put in order the things that affected Hillary Clinton not becoming president. And Russia, to me, is fifth. <laughs> fifth yeah. on that list. If you want to try to find him out. It's like in the last couple of weeks that I tweeted it. But let's finish up with this interview. The same thing if it was about Donald Trump. Absolutely. Yeah. No problem so no, that. Uh, yeah. And presume, you know, if, if Donald Trump uh, um, makes a lot of enemies uh, on, on the inside uh, in his time in office, um, then he could he could well face the same thing in four years' time. By the way, uh, that is the best indication that this did not come from the Russians. I don't think you meant to say that. But listen, Julian, I, I do appreciate your time. I do think you had an impact. Hannity's implying but that he let it slip that like it came from inside sources within our government. You know? Nah, yeah. Which, nah, listen, okay. all possibilities exist. But I guarantee there's going to be shit coming out from Trump and whatever. Yeah, w yeah. WikiLeaks is not, you know. <laughs> we got years to sit on this. I think you, we got to see a glimpse of how corrupt the nature the institutions of American government and our political system are. It's actually frightening to me. Uh, it, it is, is he going is AWOL? I, huh? Who, Hannity? Yeah. No, because it's about... Because that sounded like very, very... Uh, Do you, was Hannity... Go back and look. Was he singing the praises of uh, Julian Assange when the collateral murder video came out and it exposed all the damaging shit no. that they were doing in Iraq? No. no. So, you know, this guy's an opportunist, but it doesn't matter to me necessarily. As long as it fits his story. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. care about that. We don't care about that. That That's the... You could put that in that context, but I want to hear what Assange has to say. And it's fine. Hannity asked reasonable questions there. It doesn't yeah. matter. Again, it doesn't really matter what his bias is as long as you're aware that he might have one. Okay, yes. we get it. We get why he's asking those questions does it mean that the responses from assange are biased or wrong or the no, wrong? no they're just his answers yeah i want to hear what he has to say i think the i mean i love uh, our publications they're, they're so rich and you can get a very direct understanding of the power networks that exist in, uh, in dc and with the media and so on uh, at the same time yes they're they're disturbing but once you know what's going on then you can do something about it and that was my argument about why i think america owes you a debt of gratitude for that and for the exposing uh, exposing that we have no cybersecurity. julian i've taken way too much of your time thank you so much for being with us we really appreciate it we hope you'll come on tv soon thanks Sean. bye-bye take care wow it's a wide-ranging inter interview yes. did you find that tweet you on the one about like why Hillary lost? Yeah, 
Uh, why Hillary lost? In order. Diminished, uh, diminished Voting Rights Act, non-college-educated white women, mm-hmm. Comey letter, yep. being moderate, Russia. Right. Those four things. Let's let's to switch moderate with Russia, uh, but okay. Okay, but you know what? It's like let's not disregard those things because the fact yeah. that she became the uh, nominee was because she was a moderate. And Democrats pushed for that, and they yeah. didn't want. Oh no, Bernie! You know, I mean, she became the nominee because of, she was she had a huge advantage to begin with, and was, name recognition. But but you know what I mean? But it's like Russia being involved was not the main reason. There really wasn't. The no. Comey letter, if anything, that's our own government. Why aren't we focusing on that? Why aren't we focusing on the fact that like a, uh, a Republican-appointed FBI director butted into the election a week before the fucking... Uh, Wasn't that, isn't that against the law? Isn't he supposed to be punished well, like, on being, trial? He's, yeah, what he the, he's being investigated, uh, the, but that's by just who's investigating he being investigated? But, it's, yeah. but it, it's almost impossible to prove yeah. he violated because you can't know his intention for right. putting out that letter. Which is the same thing about <laughs> the cops. That's the same thing when why can't we get cops it, prosecuted for murdering people because you can't prove that they intended to kill black people because they or, hate black people. It, it, yeah. It's essentially like trying, to con- it's like trying to convict someone of perjury. It's like, did they right. know they were lying? Right. Do you know, like, what's your intent? Do you Was it intentional or just a, a mistake? Right. That leads us great segue into the next thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be, like, the ultimate, like, Debbie Downer here. Do not and, do it. Do not and, do like, it. like, shit on Christmas and all no, this stuff. No, do not but, do it. But. Am I going to have to send everybody off the, uh, off the podcast now? No. What are you talking about? So they turn it off? Oh, well, can I do, let me say this. I, you know, I know we have a lot, like, a lot of large, you know, a wide swath of people listening to this podcast. Yeah. There is some information coming out if you're listening with your kids. We're going to talk about a study done about Santa Claus and like what the belief in Santa Claus could mean for kids. Don't do it. So if you do, honestly, if you're in the car or something and your kids are listening and you don't want them to get upset about something, information about Santa Claus, this would be a good time to turn it off or whatever. Skip ahead. It's probably going to be, you know, 10 minutes. We'll probably talk about this. So, but just, I'm just letting you know, I don't want to be the fucking, you know, person that (laughs) curses in front of your kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You just did that. Ruins the majesty of Christmas, (laughs) but okay. So I'm just putting it out there. Now I'll give you a, we're going to count to three. One, One, two, two, three. three. All right. I warned you. According to an article published in the journal Lancet Psychiatry, the Santa Claus myth could cause kids to have their moral compass permanently screwed up by the, quote, abject disappointment of finding out that he's not real and that everyone was lying to them. Now, I have these quotes Isn't here. it the same thing with God, though? Well, we can get into that. Oh, okay. Yes. Let Go me, ahead. Well, yeah. So, well, and doesn't, doesn't this in some way tie into that? Yes. Where you teach kids right from the beginning, like, hey, there's this magical guy that's going to do stuff for you and whatever, you know. Okay. It, it convinces you to believe things that aren't true. It, it shows you that... Yeah, we're all going to lie to you at some point. Kathy McKay, who's a co-author in University of New England, Australia, clinical psychologist, she said this. The Santa myth is such an involved lie, such a long-lasting one between parents and children, that if a relationship is vulnerable, this may be the final straw. If parents can lie so convincingly and over such a long time, what else can they lie about? My three-year-old goddaughter... Now, I love this sense. makes me so happy. My three-year-old goddaughter believes in Santa at the moment, and it's not my role to go against her parents' wishes. She's never asked me about Santa. When she does... (laughs) I'll tell her because I want my goddaughter to grow up knowing that there will always be safety and honesty with us. She's like, listen, the kid doesn't ask. I'm not going to say a goddamn word. But the minute little little goddaughter comes over and goes, is Santa real? I'm going to go, no. Your parents have been like, that's such a crazy thing to say. I also love that she has a goddaughter. It's so funny. She's not upset that her daughter, her goddaughter, is going to believe in God forever. Even uh-huh. though there's no proof that that exists. But if Santa comes up... Fuck that. No, I'm not going to let her believe in that delusion. That's crazy. Yeah, but Santa actually gives you shit. 
Yeah, well, you know. Chris Boyle, who's the lead author in University of Exeter Psychologist, says, I'm not planning to go through the streets of Exeter dropping leaflets through doors. Some parents use it as a tool of control when they're under a bit of pressure in the lead up to Christmas. It's potentially not the best parenting method. You're talking about a mythical being deciding whether you're getting presents or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just, an, you know, look, it's just an interesting thing. But yeah, it is kind of a fucking weird... Obviously, listen, if I have kids, am I going to teach them that there's no i don't know man i intellectually and like morally no i probably i I don't want to do that it's crazy but what what are you really gonna do you know what i mean everybody else is gonna believe i don't know there's there's pros and cons to the whole thing but it is a fucked up thing to just tell kids like yes magic guy bringing presents but he's not he's not real all right he's not (laughs) so by that logic we're gonna talk about krumpus are you ready? For well, this? we're not done with this conversation, goddammit, Joey. Do you this conversation a- continues because you can't say Santa's real and totally negate Krampus. There's got to be you someone who j- punishes the kids you for can being say bad. You can say Allah is real. You can say Jesus is real, but there's no proof of either one of those. You go, Jesus is real, but that other th- you, idea, that's insane. Krampus doesn't get promoted because he doesn't sell Coca-Cola very well. I don't even know what that is. What are we talking about? Is this it's a half goat, half demon. He's like, I, I know him from the league, essentially. From okay. my- <laughs> well, God, Joey. He punishes children who've misbehaved. It's pre-Christian. That's, yeah, but that's so does it. Jesus. You know what I mean? Or whatever, religion and all yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, like yeah. there's hell. And there's, you know, yeah, it's these ideas, but it programs kids to believe shit that isn't true. And then if you find out it's not true, you go, well, what the fuck else isn't true? And, you really, and then you start asking it, questions. It's the same way about the D.A.R.E. program. Marijuana's terrible for you. It's going to kill you. Oh, I just smoked it. And I'm having a blast. You know, we're playing, playing Mario Super Strikers. It's a lot of fun. We're all having fun. What else is not bad for you? You know what I mean? It leads you down a weird road. Uh, so I get it. I get that. You know, it's an, it's an interesting thing. So, so I grew up Jewish, so I was never told Santa's real. Boom. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Jesus he, Christ. He, he, bro. He's channeling his trumpet uh, impression me, a little bit. What's wrong there today? So let me I'm apologize marrying, for I'm him. marrying a Jew. It's okay. You're not a member wow. of the tribe now. No. Yes, exactly. Oh, wow. I'm having a, a Jewish wedding ceremony, you know. Are you going to break the glass? Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's part of it. Absolutely. She gets picked up in the chair and everything, right? Yeah, I think that's all going to happen. I will Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm always the guy. I'm always holding one of the corners of the chair at the wedding. I'm a big guy. I can can hold it up. I'm always one of the the guys in the center. Oh, God. Where did this go? Keep talking. What what, what are are your thoughts about this study, Matt? You got any thoughts? uh, As I was saying, before I got derided for being Jewish... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Boo! Yes, soundboard, soundboard. You waited till now, though. Boo! <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh God! Now he's now he's just in it too deep. But as as I was trying to say, like. Like, plastic I grew- bread bags. Okay. Right. <laughs> you you knew it. Plastic uh, bread bags. That's that the, the last one. Okay. But like. Growing up, I don't remember anyone who was actually like entirely convinced that Santa was real. It was, it was a nice, it's a traditional thing. It's not necessarily like how many I people actually feel like I was convinced that there was a Santa, right? I mean, you you ask questions, but I guess at a certain point you go because you've never been lied to that knowingly, really on that level. So is it good? So what you have no reason to go like is there like you do start to f- think about it. Well, but is it maybe a good? Look? You believe it? You do, do, you believe to... the, do, you, do you believe in the tooth fairy as well? Of course. Of course. Yeah, 50 bucks. Uh, tooth, right? Tooth Fairy's another bullshit one. Yeah. The Tooth Fairy's coming to Joey's house next week. Yeah, that's right. No, he's not. <laughs> no, Joey. No, I'm owes keeping the tooth. that thing and put it around my fucking neck because uh, it killed the other one. It's Joey joined, owes, joining the amethyst. Joey owes. It's the tooth that killed the other tooth. Joey owes it the tooth. It was tooth, tooth aside. Money. Oh, my God. It's tooth aside. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, 
so that's that's what I wanted to say about the Santa Claus thing. Now we got the hypotheticals. You ready to get into this shit? Then yeah, we're yeah, do the, we'll yeah, wrap yeah, up yeah. with the Trump administration update. It's not as big. Should we do the Trump one first and then do the hypotheticals? No, hypotheticals. We... All right. Uh, so this is from Kyle once again. He says, what would the world look like if humans required no sleep? Think about how this would impact the workday, businesses, technological growth, etc. Our brains would have to be very big. Well, you requ- Why? What do you mean? Well, because we need to sleep. Because it rebels. Well, he's saying, what if you didn't need to sleep? Hypothetical situation where you don't need science to sleep. is not as it is. Yeah, but oh, so we take out science. Don't take science out of it. It's hypothetical. It's purely no. Well, I, I want to hypothetically think what would have to happen to the human brain no, if you're, it you, did not need sleep. There never was. Sleep. It, it would be function. You know, the whole thing would be different. Your human brain is overanalyzing this. That's the question. He's saying, if do you not understand what a hypothetical is? It's Are you fine. Me? We're just continue. I'd love to not. Be I able would have to eyes say it. for cameras or on, cameras for eyes. Actually, on the okay, that all right. On the most recent, uh, <laughs> ep- oh no, I guess well, whatever. On an episode of the J Train that podcast that we recorded, that was actually a thing. Somebody was like, "If you had three wishes from a genie, what would you wish for?" And I was, I was like, "I would love to never have to sleep. I could sleep if I wanted to, but I don't have to." You go crazy. Great. No. Do you believe this, Matt? Are you kidding me? Does he not? You, you're not understanding. <laughs> you don't have to sleep. It's okay. not like you did have to sleep and you're choosing not to. You wouldn't go crazy. You don't have to. It'd be like the, you could breathe underwater. Well, yeah, but you'd die. No, <laughs> you don't have to and, breathe air. Okay. And we're I, not, I, having, I we're not having a monkey's paw type situation where you get the, like, you get your wish, but then it's a terrible- Monkey paw? What the hell like is that? Ter- you know like, the monkey's paw. It's like the terrible side effect that comes with- Oh, oh sure. It never Close ends well. Wish. Like somebody wishes for a lot of money, it's like, oh, but your I, wife ends up dying, so you right. get the money or, from yeah, me. Yeah, I wish I was a billionaire, but you're in. But okay, and then you wish, okay, and then you're in jail, but you yeah. have a billion dollars. Yeah. And then yeah, you yeah, wish yeah. the wife back, and she's just a zombie. You got to be very specific when dealing with genies. That's yeah. take that to the bank. Has every major sport been invented already? I can't imagine in today's sports culture a sport being invented today and ever growing to the size of the NFL or NBA. Well, look at MMA. I mean, MMA is one where that's very new, you know, and did, that's getting gigantic. Did you really answer the first, the, the one before that, though? I would love, I mean, what would happen? I mean, I, I mean, I tend to just think it would be like the same ratios of, of like work, free time. It just happens to be extended over the rest of the day, but. I think yeah. we would be a lot more advanced than we were because yeah, you, would, you you wouldn't lose all the hours to sleep. The speed of of society and everything would just increase, right? Things yeah. would just be going on all the time, as opposed to people taking a break to sleep. Are you more efficient because you get that time to rest? You get that time away from the work to decompress. Yeah, well, you well, would. You That's need the thing. To. You would have. You know, we'd have to set boundaries. You know, would you go to a twelve-hour workday and a twelve-hour not workday? You know, because you don't have to sleep, or would you keep it eight hours or six hours or whatever? Right, and then give people plenty of time to just focus on what they want. Yeah, I think it'd be healthier. Well, I'd love to not be able to sleep. Well, if you, if you don't sleep, you get rid of beds, and where do you have sex? A couch. Everywhere. <laughs> wherever sit, you want. You know. Yeah, well, whatever you want to do at work, whatever. Yeah, the way it should be. So, has every major sport been invented already, guys? Can you think of another one? I mean, I don't know. There's no way to know that, obviously. But I think MMA is a pretty good example of something that could become as big as the NBA or the NFL. But I mean, the the sports will come up with society. Like the sports have never right. Well, like have changed all the time. Extreme sports, video games, shit like that. Like that wasn't a thing, and now it is. Like esports, like esports. Whether you like whatever your definition of sports are, it's like it's sure. Like two thousand years ago, we had gladiators. Soccer comes up a, a. 150 years ago more sports are coming i mean yeah. we invented mall ball remember mall ball Joe? yeah that was fun we used to go to the palisades mall and throw tennis balls around in nyack new york like you know we go see a movie at like 1 30 you get out of the movie it's 2 33 o'clock in the morning and uh there's it's a gigantic mall there's just open spaces where they weren't they didn't have um 
you know, stores or anything, but it's this gigantic structure, eight stories high. And so you could have people down on the bottom floor. Three levels, floor, guys. Three levels. Whatever. People down on the bottom <laughs> floor. And you could be on the top floor. You bring a tennis ball and we'd move garbage cans and around. And you just chuck them and around. And you try to get the ball from the top floor into the garbage. It was a lot of fun. We called it mall ball. You, you two were a couple of hoodlums, weren't you? Uh, you know, I mean, it's harmless fun. It was harmless. <laughs> what if, this is the last one, what if there were no accidents, plagues, natural disasters, or any other thing that caused humans to die prematurely? Is that a trait of a utopia? How would this affect the population, war, trade, etc.? Well, it would obviously affect the population greatly. Think, do we have to eat? I think that would be... Yes. Why, why wouldn't we have to eat? You wouldn't have to eat. You wouldn't die. You don't die prematurely. You just die old age. Everybody lives like nobody gets killed. Nobody gets. Uh, well, you would have run out of resources. Sick. It's. I, mean, I, think, it we'd, I think we'd be struggling with overpopulation. Yeah. I think we might not get. We might not be as advanced because penicillin was invented to cure to cure disease. Like all sure. these lots of scientific discoveries happen because of adversity. Mother's is and, 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 and well, well, mother. What is it? Necessity is the mother of invention. Yes, and like the, like every time that. There's a hypothetical like, oh, if you go back and kill Hitler to stop World War II, I'm, I sort of think like, I don't want to, I don't want to mess around with history too much. Like, don't be the guy that says that. Yes, I'd kill Hitler. Just, get, just kill him. We'll figure it out. But oh, it could be worse. Would we have computers? Would we have computers? I don't know. Would we have computers today if it was not for World War II? Yeah, there'd be another war. It just that's, it wouldn't necessarily be like uh, a bunch of Jews and Russians are going to get killed. You know, Polish people. Um, oh. Wow, you just you just out there to offend everybody. I mean, Polish, How Pol- is that offensive? The Polish have lost every war. That's just since the fifteen hundreds. That just happened. Um, th- interesting hypotheticals. You know, yes. I mean, they're like a broader conversation. Obviously, if you guys have like you know interesting, I, I'd be I, I'd steal from from Jared to take this concept. I could do some hypotheticals once in a while. It's fun. Joey doesn't get what they are, but it hurts my head. I, I know that. I'm sorry, buddy. Trump administration update. Let's do this and get out of here. Uh, Trump has selected Representative Mike Mulvaney, a Republican from South Carolina, to head the Office of Budget, uh, Office of Management and Budget. He is a member of the House Freedom Caucus. He co-founded it. That's the Tea Party group that that joined Congress and created all oh, kinds of bullshit. What? Yeah, so he's going to be uh, in charge of the, the Office of Management and Budget, which isn't great. You have a clip or something for me? No, that's it. No. I just well, wanted to mention it. Every appointee is someone who wants to destroy their own office from within. Right. He just wants to tear. Like, yes, tear yes. People down. that have no business they don't, that don't even think those things should exist are now running those things, which is just. Well, I, I think it was hilarious. him. Him I saw saying quoted today that like he wants to get rid of Medicare in two years. Great. Oh, good. Yes, yeah, the thing that's working and and like know, that, that's perfect. what I want to do. Throw throw the elderly onto the street and <laughs> unmedicated. Great it's idea. So crazy these pieces of shit because they want to privatize it. They want to yeah. privatize everything. And what they fail to realize that well, what the voters fail to realize like, they don't oh, yeah. fail to realize shit. Well, they well, know no. yeah. they they convince they convince voters that oh repeat like making, privatizing this stuff is the way to go because capitalism. Yeah. The problem is the government has the power to negotiate with these with the medical companies and barely, actually, but yes, but actually yeah. maintain it so uh, keep it affordable. Whereas if it goes to vouchers, the prices will go up, but the vouchers won't. Right. We won't exactly. actually. We right. won't actually medicate. Uh, agreed. These people will die. It'll kill people. These uh, are the death panels. Yes. Yes. I, I agree with you completely. They right. finally like, got the death panels. Don't let the government control your healthcare. They don't control my healthcare, and maybe they should, because when I was on Obamacare, like the the Medicaid part, I was great. I had insurance. <laughs> now I got to pay a lot for my insurance. So fucking, you know. Isn't it loads of fun? Yeah. Uh, Joe, you got something on the opening day foundation? Oh yeah 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 yeah. I gave Joey a little homework assignment. Right. Once so, in a while, I, I give him a little something. So, so this is fantastic. So apparently, 
there is like the day after Trump is sworn in, mm-hmm. they're going to have like a special photo shoot day. Yeah. Well, 16 random people. Well, they're not random. They're people that gave money, right? Well, 16 chosen people that have fit the parameters of we gave a ton of money will get to have a special day with Donald J. Trump. They get a hunt. They get to take pictures. They get to hang around the man. Right. All for a Essentially, lovely you're paying for influence, right? Yes. You're paying to get to spend time with this guy. The, who's running the free world? And mm-hmm. okay, How, who's running this uh, opening day foundation? Apparently, his kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seems massively illegal or something. A yeah, it seems of off. However, there was a special uh, comment. influence peddling. Yes. However, there was a uh, spokeswoman. Hope Hicks, who had this to say. Uh-huh. The opening day event and details have been reported or merely inaccurate, uh, in initial concepts that have not been approved or pursued by the Trump family, Trump, Donald Trump Jr., and Eric Trump are avid outdoorsmen and supporters uh-huh. of conviction efforts, which align with the goals of the event, however, are not involved in any capacity. So it got out, and I guess they're trying to clean it up. I, I don't know. Yeah, but you're not, you're not you're you're skipping over the the big part of this. Excuse me, story. The paperwork for the Opening Day Foundation listed four directors: Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, and then two other people. You know, Tom. Oh, Hicks there was Jr. paperwork that came out already. Yeah, oh, that's a problem. Did you not read this article? I didn't look at the picture. Yeah, but it's written in words here that says that exact. I, I literally just oh. read it from the article. They, so okay, so Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump are listed as the four directors of this foundation that is influence peddling. Isn't that mm-hmm. interesting? Okay, that's illegal. All right. So what? Uh, yeah. So where is what is happening with the money? Is it just going to their pockets? Yeah, I guess it's just going to them somehow. Yeah, they're just getting paid to let people hang out with the president, their dad. And yeah. you see, this is a giant conflict of interest because like you can't yeah. you can't use the, the your office to make money like that is right. And well, they're not. This foundation. So, so about it. Yeah. we live in a country where the president can sell his, to, can whore himself out, but you can't have NCAA athletes using their name to make any money. Oh, uh, I mean, to, wow. totally different argument. But completely agree. Those guys should be getting it's paid like, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just saying they're like, pro athletes. Well, well, I, there was like a Minnesota wrestler at one point who was like uh, having a budding rap <laughs> career who got kicked out of uh, wrestling because he was using his name, even though he was using his name for rap. Oh, and it's like, shit. So, he, so he's not allowed to use his name. Yeah, it's correct. Oh, the president can whore himself out to the highest right. bidder. Yeah, that Donald is- J. Trump can. Uh, Washington Post. Oh, Trump on his. Here, I got a quote from Trump. This is Trump on his supporters at an Orlando, Florida rally on Friday. This is what he had to say. He goes, "You people were vicious, violent, screaming. Where's the wall? We want the wall! Screaming." Prison, prison, lock her up. I mean, you're going crazy. I mean, you are nasty and mean and vicious, and you wanted to win, right? But now you're mellow and you're cool, and you're not nearly as vicious or violent, right? Because we won, right? Now you're sort of laying back. You're basking in the glory of victory. <laughs> Trump saying that his supporters are just vicious, violent people. And now they're not so vicious or violent, but it's good as long as you win. You can do whatever you want. That's and mo- that's what winners do. That's, that's the motto of the Republican Party right now. Yeah. Uh, a Washington Post article on Trump's cabinet picks Having to have a look. I got some quotes in the email. Now, I also read a Slate article where they were criticizing Trump for this. And I get where their criticism is coming from. But listen to these quotes, then we can kind of have a conversation about it. Jason Miller, who's a Trump transition spokesman, he says, Presentation is very important because you're representing America, not only on the national stage, but also on the international stage, depending on the position. Chris Ruddy, who's a Newsmax media chief executive and longtime Trump friend, says this. He likes people who present themselves very well. 
He's very impressed when somebody has a background of being good on television because he thinks it's a very important medium for public policy. Don't forget, he's a showbiz guy. He was at the pinnacle of showbiz, and he, he all right, was Donald Trump at the pinnacle of showbiz? You mean The Apprentice wasn't the hot show when, <laughs> yeah. he, got, when he was elected? On Everybody a fourth was place watching network, that. are you out of your mind? And wow. he thinks about showbiz. He sees this as a business that relates to the public. That look might not necessarily be somebody who should be on the cover of GQ magazine or Vanity Fair. It's more about the look and the demeanor and the swagger, which, all, I mean, completely makes sense. I'm, you know, we can talk about it in a second. Donald Trump, during his VP formal announcement, he said that Mike Pence's economic record as Indiana governor was, quote, the primary reason I wanted Mike, other than, he, other than that he looks very good, other than that he's got an incredible family, incredible wife and family. But he points out he's got a look. During Trump, uh, Donald Trump, during defense secretary formal announcement, the closest thing to General George Patton that we have, referring to Mattis, Mattis does kind of look like George Patton. If you look at a picture, and that's very interesting. This is very Ronald Reagan shit, where people look at Reagan and go, he looks like the president. He just has a look. Well, Trump gets that. Trump really gets that, and he's exploiting it. Anonymous transition team source. He says, that's the language he speaks. He's very aesthetic. You can come, you can come with somebody who is very much qualified for the job, but if they don't look the part, they're not going anywhere. Interesting. Anonymous transition team source on John Bolton. Donald was not going to like that mustache. I can't think of anyone that's really close to... Do- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't think of anyone that's really close to Donald that has a beard that he likes. Good. Fuck you, Donald. I have a beard. We all do. Uh, isn't there a thing where you don't judge a book by its cover or something? Or that, that doesn't apply? Well... Well, that's the thing. If he's got somebody that has a look that's qualified and somebody that doesn't have a look that's qualified, he's going to go with the person that has the look every time. Does that mean a woman doesn't have the look he wants? Well, here we go. Washington Post article says people close to Trump said he's been eager to appoint a telegenic woman as press secretary or in some other public facing role in his White House, both because he thinks it would attract viewers and would help inoculate him from the charges of sexism that trailed his presidential campaign. That's a Fox News playbook. Look at everybody on that network. But they're all attractive attractive women. So he wants to have... The woman as the press secretary where she yeah. does the talking. He doesn't want a senior to be at uh, one of the top roles, be, be a woman there. No, he said eager to appoint a telegenic woman as press secretary in some other public facing role. That okay. You know, it could be any role. Uh, thoughts on this. And do you think, did you read the Slate article, Joey, or kind of breeze through I, it? I, I, I breezed through it. I, so, I thought it was nonsense. Obviously, you want attractive people in high positions because they have people skills and know how to get things get things done because they look that way. Yeah, well, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, it makes sense in a media-driven era yes. that this guy... Will, obviously, you'd want some attractive people or people that have a certain look that conjure up images of, of you know power or success or whatever. Rightly or wrongly, that's a smart move. Like, I can't criticize him for that. That's a good well, idea yes. in, a, in a media-driven... He's he's all show. The whole thing is all well, show. Now, nowadays, our longest-serving president could not get elected because of how he looks. Who? FDR could not get elected right. because he was right. in a wheelchair. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that fact is like it's a different time. For than... sure. On radio, Nixon beat Kennedy. On TV, Kennedy beat Nixon. Oh, Kennedy destroyed Nixon. Now, That's he... a reality of how we... Politics is Hollywood for ugly people, right? So... And... If the closer you can get to people looking good or having a certain look, that's going to benefit. And, and Obama was the most charismatic president since Kennedy. Oh, absolutely. And Obama's got to look. That son of a bitch is like cool as, cool but, as shit. But like, well, let's forget about the look for a second. Romney, everybody he just looks like the president. Okay. Donald <laughs> Trump is, if he, like, if one claims that he's only hiring them based on looks. So a when look. they fail, a look. A not look. looks. A, a look. look. Yeah. So when they fail at that position, if they do fail, there's only one person to blame. 
Trump? Trump. For well, appointing that person. I mean, well, whatever. I mean, there's multiple people. About everything. Yeah, I don't think he's choosing these people on his own. I think uh, there's plenty of people at the top you can name. Right. Does this factor into why Giuliani's not involved? He's a weird-looking fuck. Christie, very overweight. You know what I mean? It's like you, now you have to start looking at all his choices that he's making. Why is he picking these people? It's a beauty pageant for politicians. Again, it's not necessarily they're beautiful. Like this guy said, it doesn't mean they have to be on GQ or Vanity Fair, but it's like the, Mattis looks like Patton <laughs> to an extent. Trump keeps referencing Patton. People look at him and they go, you know what? This guy knows what he's talking about. People are like, we're like that. We can yeah, pretend yeah. that people aren't like that. But, you know, if it's coming out of the mouth for a percentage of men in this country, let's not pretend. If you have a very attractive woman giving you the information. I will pay attention. Yeah, you're pr- on some level, you're more likely to pay attention to that than if it's just coming from something you're not attracted to or whatever. You're probably going to pay more attention to what she's saying <laughs> as opposed to, well, it's coming out of the mouth of somebody really pretty. <laughs> you might start <laughs> focusing on what it, what she looks like. As a, that's a reality. Let's not pretend that. And I think it works the other way around for an attractive man. Why? Why is uh you know Ryan Gosling super uh, uh popular and whatever? He's a he's crazy because looking. his face is symmetrical. I actually think that Ryan Gosling gets hurt in getting acting roles because he's a good actor. He's Ryan too Gosling. pretty. Yeah, he's too pretty because you don't see him as the character. You see him as like that's Ryan Gosling acting. He. he- <laughs> He can get the romantic comedy roles or the, the the romantic movie roles. He can't get the Oscar winning roles. You're saying? Well, like he's not going to get the Paul Giamatti role in something. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where yeah. it's like a quirky. Even Tom Hanks. It's like he's a you know he's well, not a hideous guy, but he's got an interesting look. He can get those more quirky roles. Whereas Ryan Ryan Gosling, it's very hard well, well, like, to not see him as Ryan Gosling. Like Matthew McConaughey was in that same trap for a while, and then he like had to work really hard to get yeah. out of get out of it and get to like actually really good roles. Now yeah. it's like oh he's a great actor, but I never would have known because he was stuck in these crappy movies I don't want to watch. Right. So anyway, but. It's, so it's just an interesting point, but I think the criticism, I get the criticism if he's really just getting, but that's his prerogative. If he wants to get rid of people that aren't, you know, a certain look, and he doesn't want to put them in there. Ship them out. He's smart, man. It's, it's fucking de- It's very dangerous, but it's, he gets presentation. I think I've said this on the podcast and I'm not, I'm not comparing whatever Nazis. They had a look. Yes. You know what I mean? We can't. That's not gonna be the title. You don't have to write it down. Oh, I see Matt, Matt's like Nazis have a look. Perfect title. You're gonna hate me so much on these titles. All right. Well, but anyway. But you know what I mean. It's like, uh, of course, we're not, I'm not yes. saying like, oh, the Nazis were great or whatever. But they had a lo- a logo. They had a uniform. They had a very specific look, and that does present power or whatever in a certain way. And that's what we're talking about with advertising. Even yeah, it's like it's Apple marketing. has a look. It's marketing, yes. right? And Trump gets it. He gets what looks good on TV and social media and all that stuff. And it's not. Uh, it's not idiocy to do that I mean, you might not like that he's doing it but to me it makes sense that he's doing it and it's dangerous that he does stuff like that because it will work oh, you can't get mad at what works but the question becomes where that logo say made in america where that logo get jobs there you know he can presentation all he wants but we need results and the thing yeah, is, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Don, I doubt Don, that's going to happen. Donald Trump has always been a salesman. Like, yeah, his ability to sell something is well, never in question. Scam artist, to yes, a, lot of, yeah. a salesman, scam artist. Like, same thing. This, the question is, will he actually get what anyone wants done? Like, he's already backing off on a promise, a lot of the promises that got him elected, saying like, "Oh, you'd never believe that, did you?" Of course. Is he going to alienate everyone except for the extremely wealthy? Yes. Well, no, because people that elected him or not, you know. It's, well, if he again, doesn't, you if have he, to hold your candidate accountable. You take but, responsibility for him. It's if, your he, job. if he doesn't drain the swamp. Well, Will he have support from either side if he doesn't? Yeah, work he'll have support from the Republicans for sure. But because they just weren't going to support Hillary, it doesn't matter. That's why they're never they're going to support Trump. Yeah, he won. Because people are going to support. Him. They're full of shit. But will they? Have, will he have another challenger from the right in four years of that? No, no, nope. 
Uh, according to Politico, this is the last thing. According to Politico, Trump plans to keep some members of his private security crew, ex-cops, former FBI agents, as president in addition to the Secret Service. Jason Miller, that spokesman, uh, called the story, quote, complete nonsense. So we'll see, you know. But I'm just putting it out there. That'd be insane for Trump to have a private security. Well, and would that actually hinder, like, the Secret Service are pretty, might, pretty good at their job. Would that hinder their job if they're trying to, like, and also. It'll raise the profile of, is, of people protecting. Is the Secret sure. Service. Is it constitutionally mandated or just a law? I'm, I think it's just a law. Well, it's not okay. a constitution. I don't uh, well, I'm, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think it is, though. We but, would have to look into it. But so, like, would it inter? Would it actually be against the law? Because they they would have like they would have to deal with the Secret Service, and don't they get precedent? Not Donald Trump's own guys. All great questions. I don't know, and that is a conflict of interest as well. You yeah, know? I mean, it's it's interesting stuff. And yeah. it, and it, like we were complaining about Hillary's emails violating Freedom of Information Act. If he has his own secrets, like his own private yeah, security for it, that's Nazi shit. Yeah, having like, your own, and that's like Putin shit. That's having your own secret police. This is yes. this is why you don't do that because you can't. Like they have to be held responsible, and they can't do that shit. Right. Well, and right because the the Secret Service that protects the president, we're paying for that. Yeah. You know, they they are a public servant. These people aren't there. It's like having Blackwater fucking, you know, which we had in Iraq. They are not, they are not subject to international law that way. It's not well, the same thing. And neither is, oh, so is his people going to be above the law. And well, they have a different law. Although traditionally the secret service did more than just protect the president too. Like originally they went out for counterfeiters. Oh really? Yeah. The, I mean, that's where they were. They were under the purview of the uh, treasury department. Oh, very interesting. So it's like you have a treasury, treasury department agency agent coming after you. That was secret service. Uh-huh. Then they got moved under Homeland Security when it was created, and that's where some like now they have to fight for money instead of they're just agents of the of the Treasury Department, right? So that's why they've been having issues lately. Interesting. Huh. All right, so let me tell you this: so we got one episode yes. left. Joey, you're gonna call in. We're, we're yeah, gonna, we're, gonna do, we're gonna do an episode next week, obviously. Then no for two weeks. We will be the next episode will come out on the twentieth, which is when Trump gets sworn in, right? Oh my God! So we'll we'll be recording the day before. Obviously, it's gonna be the last day on Earth. Yeah, it's the so we will be talking to you the day before Donald Trump takes office, and then the time after that he'll be uh, the president. And I will not States. be with you on the twentieth. What? Oh. Where, are you, where are you going? I'm going to be in Israel, Chris. That's right. I know that you're going yeah. on birthright. That's yeah. fun. That's a great trip. I told you earlier, I'm Jewish. Then you booed me. Yeah, that's true. The <laughs> Can whole we get course, one more boo? <laughs> uh, yeah, I could do it. That, that's actually a really fun trip. But you're going to be gone. You're going to just miss one episode, or what, what are you doing? Um, I haven't looked that in, that into it. Uh, I think I get back the next. No, not the homeland. Stop it. Stop it. Samsonite. I think I will miss... I think I'm getting back on the 26th, which is going to be... It would be pretty hard for me to get back for that yeah, second okay. episode. Yeah, okay. So you'll miss a couple of weeks. All right. Well, whatever. But we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. But we'll be here next week, so we'll talk to everybody. Uh, Joey. Yes. Got anything to say to the Samsonites leading into... Yeah, have a great you know, great holiday, whatever you guys are Merry celebrating. Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. Hanukkah, Happy holidays. Um, Happy New Year. Yeah, but you'll you'll be able to talk briefly next week okay. anyway. So. Super briefly. Okay. Like a high... Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Like a high. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can go on iTunes, subscribe on there, uh, rate, leave a comment, all that stuff. You can find me on all social media platforms, at Mansamp. Joey's at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. Matt is Matt D. Weiss on Twitter and Instagram. Or just uh, I don't really use Instagram. All right. Uh, terrible millennial. And you can also email us mandatorysampson at gmail.com. Otherwise, I got nothing else to say. We will talk to you next episode. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. 
and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.